My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the Big Four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you, and we, we are, are the WNR. WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowland, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. Today, it's the WNR 201, part two. Two! And we are watching WNXT TakeOver Phoenix, and we cannot wait. We've had an hour and 45 of live build-up, but before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. You know America's obsessed with life and death and rebirth. That's the American cycle. You know awakening, tragic, horrible death, and then Phoenix rising from the ashes. That's the American story again and again. And that was Billy Corgan, of course, the Phoenix rising from the ashes. We are here in Phoenix watching NXT TakeOver, Dan. But we had some unfinished business, didn't we, for ta- uh, on the kickoff show before. And that was the last NXT year-end award. And who did that go to? Uh, that was super st- overall superstar of the year. Again, Takari Sane. So she's got two gold trophies for her treasure chest. Exactly. And I think it was a brilliant award for her. But... Let's start with the opening promo. In the desert, the heat burns. The air stings. And the silence is deafening. Take the North American Championship and prepare to take over. You're gonna take it, huh? Holding my breath! Oh! New blood. The highly touted Matt Riddle is here in NXT. Meets the old guard. Catch a solo! Ambushing Riddle! You know who I am? You know what I'm done, bro? Hunter. Shayna Baszler, the merciless women's champion, becomes hunted. I got 2020 vision when it comes to that NXT Women's Championship. Belair poured kerosene on the fire. And in era 2019, we're going to capture all championship gold. Finds itself at war. Hanson and Rowe, the War Raiders, coming to reign undisputed era. And through it all, the snake looks to keep its grasp. Tommaso Ciampa will hold Dolby for as long as Tommaso Ciampa can take a damn breath. Take over Phoenix. I will make you 
So, Dan, what have you thought of the opening promo? It is great. It's basically just a highlight reel of the best bits going towards NXT TakeOver. You've had like, the Gagano um, versus Ricochet highlights and how that's come to fruition. With Gagano saying he's going to take the title from Ricochet and Ricochet saying, well, you know, if you're on a match, just ask. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's worked perfectly here. And we are live and the crowd is ready in Phoenix, Arizona. And we're just wondering what our first match is going to be, Dan. You reckon tag teams? What I'm going reckon? to say Riddle Ono to start. We get no points for it, but there are points online. We do Prediction League, of course. And Dan, can you please explain the Prediction League to all of us? Yes, we have three Prediction Leagues. We have NXT League, which now includes NXT UK. We have a Bonus Prediction League, and we have a WWE Pay-Per-View Prediction League as well. Yeah, and what are the scores after just one event this year? After one event, I have got one NXT pay-per-view point for Blackpool and one bonus point for getting a perfect score at NXT UK yes. Blackpool. But not to worry for me because we've got uh, we've Royal Rumble coming up tomorrow. I know we've released it afterwards uh, and, and that will be great. But also be a lot of other things to look forward to there. James, it's not going to be the first thing I'll get right, but it looks like we've got some soldiers coming out here and they're preparing for war to be raided. But there's a lot to play for, like the Rumble and tonight. But Dan is looking to extend his lead. He's got five out of five so far. Only five here tonight. If he can get that, another perfect score would extend the lead for him after he won the predictions in 2018. Of course, I have to wear this T-shirt of Dan's choosing, which is disgusting, Dan. I can't believe you're making me wear this. Well, James, it's hard to choose one for you because you don't really announce your hate of wrestlers as much as I do so you know you have a few to choose from whereas you you're a bit more subtle about it exactly and uh, so that's why I'm wearing this coning t-shirt for you right now uh, but we we'll, shall see what happens as the entrance is still going on the music fades the kind of horn the knights are here as well so Hanson and row are out here ready for war they took out all four members of the Undisputed Era as well yeah, and they've looked dominant doing it here tonight. And we're going to start off with the NXT titles on the line. And uh, this should be a war here. But we do predictions well, like we talked about Prediction League. And I am to start off. And I have gone for this match. I've got a feeling I'm, I'm going to be wrong. I did do well at all, NXT uh, Blackpool. I've got the uh, war waders in this match. The War Waders. War Waders. Dan, who have you gone for? I, well, I don't think it is too bad because, James, I have also gone for the War Waders War as Raiders. well. Well, I've got to say, Dan, and it's, I, I, I hate to break this kind of myth on the podcast at the moment, it's helped you. I originally thought Undisputed Era, and then you said to me, well, you know, would they really? And I thought, well, let's have a look. You know, and so I have changed my decision, but my history of changing hasn't always been that great as we discovered on the 200th episode. So we'll we'll see what happens. But why did you go War Raiders here tonight? 
I think, you know, the NXT needs a shake-up. And the War Raiders, I think they're certainly over with the fans. They have got a good talent for a couple of, as you put it, huskier guys. And so I think these two guys, you know, they can, uh, they'll be able to put on a great match, providing we haven't got any outside interference, which has yes. become like a stalwart in undeserving yeah. era matches. Well, and, and this and there lies the problem, you know, when when you talk about it. And already as they come out here, Bobby Fish is with them with their Tag Team Award of the Year, which they got awarded on the pre-show. And don't get me wrong, I like Strong and O'Reilly, but again, the War Raiders aren't, aren't phased by them. You know, they beat the four guys. Bobby Fish is going away now. And I was going to say, that's one of the keys to victory. War Raiders keeping an eye out. Uh, we all know about this uh, injuries that I think Hansen sustained or Rose sustained at um, LXT TakeOver, War Games, coming back now. Is he 100% going into this match? think that's going to play a factor into this? Because the Unspeed Era, surely... Don't call me Shirley. ...have got a kind of uh, target one man and kind of work on it in that way. They have indeed, yes. But I think, you know, they've come back from injury. They've looked strong. Had an amazing match. War Games... So, you know, I think I think they're going to come out here on top. Yeah, I th- and I think it's not going to hurt the Unspeakable Era because I think the seed will continue and these two teams are going to be feuding for the next few months. Might like must- look, maybe like Mustache Mountain last year, lose the titles and then regain them a couple of months later, you know, maybe at the WrestleMania one because I can't see any other tag teams getting in the picture at this point, can you? Well, you've got Street Profits, you've yeah. got Birch and Lorkin. You know, we've said it, multiple uh, Birch and Lorkin, they definitely deserve a tag team title run in the near future. And, you know, they could be the team that take tag team wrestling to the next level. Without yeah, doubt. And the Unspeakable Era start quickly. Take out Roe and now go after Hansen. And Roe, wrecking ball drop kick there, taking out uh, Hansen. Yeah, Roger Strong looking impressive. Kyle Riley, he's not even got their t-shirts off yet. Well, they want to kind of catch War Raiders unawares, but that's kind of come unstuck now. As Rose just run through both of them, taking them both out of a clothesline. Oh. And now Hansen does the same on the outside as well. Uh. I think that was a bit of a shock to the system. Right, very much so. And now, oh my word, Hansen is being picked up by Rowe and thrown on the Undisputed Era, wiping them out of ringside. And this might be over before we get started. He's Griller pressing Roger Strong back in the ring. Throws him back in there. Oh, went for the clothesline. Strong blocked it. Looking for that shoulder block, but just gets swatted away by Hansen. Well, I tell you what, at the moment, this is not slowing down. Double team. Oh, what a, well, Rove, uh, Hansen throws Rowe into the knees of uh, Hansen, throws Strong into the knees of Rowe. Go for a cover, but only getting a two count. Two. I can't believe Rowe managed to pick up his tag partner, Hansen, throwing him into Strong. Now, again, Hansen tagged in. But now, finally, Kyle O'Reilly is getting in the ring, trying to stop the double team now. Kick to the back of the leg, and Strong with a kick to Hanson. And this is started off quickly here tonight. And they throw Rowe into Hanson, sending them both crashing outside to their wafer fin mats. And now this is what the Undisputed Era is good at, double teaming. Uh, even though the referees, I feel, again, Dan, you're going to have a go at me for the referee. The referee should do more, but the double teams to uh, the Unspeakable Era, they seem to get more than five seconds, and yet as soon as the face team does it, the referee is bang on their case as well. Uh, but they do it well, in and out, beating down the one opponent. They've managed to uh, pick down on Hanson. 
And yes, James and Matt's are wafer thin, just mere millimetres thick. Do you know why I'm smiling? Because I, I, I can't lose the first prediction going out, so at least it means we'll be level in the second match. I think that's the first time in about eight pay-per-views that's happened. I'm very pleased at the moment. I don't care if I lose by one point to you this year. It would be an improvement. That's an improvement to what, 11 points? Uh, for, you know, it's like four in the end, I think. But that's due to some help and you not taking double points at the end of the year, which you're gonna, which the winner will take this year. Yes, yeah, so there's been a few changes. We need to set up a contract of rules and point stipulations, and then read them out all over the next, you know, double on maybe two fifty. Probably take about eight and a half hours to read out the rules and regulations. <coughs> but at the moment, Carla right front lock to Hanson. Trying to stop the big man from breathing, getting away. So you're saying it's Hanson Kyle O'Reilly? <laughs> it is Hanson Kyle O'Reilly. Trying to pick him up, get to the corner. He's got the guillotine locked in, legs wrapped around the right waist. Can Hanson... Yes, he manages to get across and tags in Rowe, who runs through Roderick Strong, who comes in to try and run interference. And now Rowe's just taking everything out that's moving. Oh my god, Tiltwell into Tiltwell stu- gut buster and he's got the gut wrench locked in. I was gonna say stomach breaker. And now he's got me he's telling O'Reilly to do it again. Come on, got him up in a gut wrench. Oh, and he just gut wrenches strong into O'Reilly. And I tell the ring. I tell you what, I've been really impressed with the War Raiders recently. I mean we're talking about when the action slows down, but it doesn't look like at the moment. Rowe looked like to power bomb O'Reilly, but Strong stopped him, knocks him onto those mats. Well, Wrecking Ball drops an attempt again from Strong, but he gets caught, and Kyle O'Reilly comes off the edge of the apron with a running knee. Oh, now Hansen's clotheslined. Strong out, and he looks at the fly. Oh! <laughs> well, luckily enough for Strong and O'Reilly, they moved out of the way because Hansen just weren't stopping. No, my God. And he hit those wave-fed mats. And Dan, how thin... Oh, those mats. They're just mere millimetres thick over pure concrete, and that has got to happen. Weight of the big man. Aye, right, big man. And now O'Reilly running into Row, but he hits an STO, and then goes after Strong. Add him up on his shoulders, but Strong kicking him down. Then the clothesline drops him, and then a uh, chop block. And even more of an the commentator that you dislike, Dan, is pointing out that it's not a Texas Tornado match, and the referee should really the action. <laughs> well, I don't think the Undisputed Era could do it any other way. You know, they they need a two-man advantage to kind of get the upper hand before working over the smaller of the two big guys. Yeah, I think so. And you see it there. A huge forearm by Rowe onto O'Reilly. Backed him up into the corner, made him tag in Strong. He looked round for Hanson. He wasn't there. And it gave Strong the opportunity to beat down on Rowe and then tag in Hanson. And again, look, one, little second, two, little second, three, little second, four, little second, five, little second. They're disqualified. Cool. They hang row up gut first, and the top rope nearly got bent down straight <laughs> to the bottom rope. Well, Hansen is such a big fella that he makes row look small, but that's definitely not the case. He's nearly twice the size of Kyle O'Reilly. And the thing we like about, I like about O'Reilly with running the knees and the palm strikes he uses that kind of, I'll say MMA style, but uses it well. Yeah, he's looking for the cross arm breaker, but I just think the strength of Rowe's going to be able to block it. But another intelligent move from the Undeserving Era is that they've got him in their corner. Yeah. So all they need to do is reach out an arm, tag in. Look, Roderick Strong manages to tag him in while he's getting lifted up. And now Strong, of course, the Messiah, the back breaker. 
hitting another inverted one on Rowe. Go for the cover. But Hanson managing... Sorry. But Rowe managing to kick out. Ah. Hanson's hardly moved on the outside. I think Rowe needs to tag him in now more than ever. But if he does get a tag into Hanson, just how fit is he going to be? I think maybe this was the undisputed era's game plan was to try and... They knew War Raiders would come out hot. It was trying to slow him down and isolate both men, you know, rather than... Let me say isolate both men. But go after both men rather than pick one of them. As we say, that like, Hanson is back on the apron. Is he 100%? Is a question... Roe hopes to ask in a couple of seconds. Well, he looks hot for that tag. And now O'Reilly stopping him. Goes behind. Oh, but Roderick Strong <laughs> comes charging towards Hanson with that forearm and it doesn't even phase him. And Strong now helping O'Reilly back him up the corner. Thanks for referee's traction. Look, referee straight on Hanson. Yeah. That seems to be uh, for the Undisputed Era as well in this match. Well, Roderick Strong made it across to the other side of the ring. Tried taking him out. Paused for a second. No referee. Hanson literally steps foot through the ropes. <laughs> and he gets reprimanded. But... Yeah. Oh, my God. Rowler took some shots in the corner from Strong and O'Reilly. And Row threw O'Reilly. Right, threw O'Reilly into Strong, sending him off the apron. But I, I think that... I thought did as well. O'Reilly dropped down. Going after Hanson. His legs get taken out, and I think that was another big mistake from O'Reilly, but a wrecking ball drop kick there from Roderick Strong takes out Hanson. A beautiful drop kick to Rowe. Goes for the cover, but no. Rowe managing to kick out. Uh. And it's been all undisputed here in this past few minutes now. And now O'Reilly getting the tag in. And again, if the referee allows it, you can't argue with the teamwork. Rowe struggling, now using kicks on his own. Goes for a forearm again, but O'Reilly chops him down. Oh, but follows it up with a big elbow shot. And both men are barely able to stand on their feet. Oh, looking for the Iranagi, but hands on his knees. Gets caught with a big elbow and he's just buckled backwards. And both men trading. I don't want to say like a single match, and that's what tag team wrestling. That's how you can tell it's working. It's been a great match so far. And Roe now desperate to tag Hansen. And Hansen is gagging for that tag, but O'Reilly gets a strong first. Oh, but Hansen's in. Strong jumps <laughs> towards him, but gets caught with a f- oh. massive forearm and a high back body drop. Send him about 10 foot in the air. My God, they're bringing it tonight. And Hansen now, Irish whip to Strong again. To, oh, oh, no. Sidewalk slam. At least 15 foot in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Running cross body. Splat Strong onto the canvas. Hansen now stomps down on Strong cartwheel. Turns O'Reilly inside out with a clothesline. I mean, I remember when War Raiders first started. You weren't sure about it. Has your opinion changed with War Raiders at the time? Most definitely, yeah. You know, they they bring something unique for the Husky guys. And I absolutely love it. You know, they're 100% full energy. Yeah, they really are. Now, Hanson's got both Strong and O'Reilly in the corners. And those clotheslining both men back and forth. Running from corner to corner, you said, wait, well, doubt if he's 100% fit after yeah. <laughs> dropping onto the mats. Oh. Riley runs in, takes out Roderick Strong with a big boot. Spinning slam. And now Strong's in the corner. Oh, oh Bronco Buster. <laughs> Goes for the cover. One, two. two. Oh. oh. Roderick Strong just managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. Well, Strong survives, but just for now. And they know they're in a war. And the NXT Tag Team titles 
on the line. They may be walking out without any gold here tonight. And Hansen has got strong backed up in a corner now. Well, they've got their trophy. Yeah, this is a tag team of the year. Combinations of referee getting in the way again, allowing Strong to get the boot up, step up in Seguri. Hansen catches him strong with a backslide, running clothesline straight through Hansen. And I think that's on, that shows Strong's power there, managing the clothesline. Big guy like Hansen. And take him down with such force and tags in O'Reilly now. And Rogitz are tagging O'Reilly with a kick, but that just gets blocked and shrugged off. But the second one is a bit more successful. Goes down low, but gets caught. Backslide. Roderick Strong's in again, and the referee's doing nothing about it. No, but Hansen is into even the odds this time. Big boot to O'Reilly. O'Reilly with a knee to Hansen. Rotates him out. And Strong with a gut buster on Rowe. Hansen takes out Strong, and now it's O'Reilly with Hansen. But he catches him. Pop-up power slam. Oh, suicide dive on Strong. Hansen takes out Strong. One, two. two. Oh. oh! Close but no cigar there. That was an eyelash away. And you can even see the frustration on Rowe. And a huge LXC chant. He's got him up in a backbreaker. Too well for a gut buster. Just drags him back to the Wall Raiders corner. Gut that... wrenches him up to the shoulders. <laughs> Power bombs him down. And now here comes Big Hansen. Off the top. Oh. Slam. Two. two. Oh, but Roderick Strong in to break it up. But Road not... dispatches of him. Yeah, not for long. And now they look to end it. Now Riley may be out anyway. And now here comes Strong. He gets thrown over the top again. And now Rowe looking to pick up O'Reilly. Oh, but he manages to land on his feet. And O'Reilly fight both men now. Forearm to Hansen, and they kick Rowe out. And now Hansen's it's... perched in a very precarious position. And Roger Strong looking to maybe superplex. Oh, my Superplex God. from Strong to Hansen. And now... O'Reilly off the top. Double knees. One, One two... two. Oh, but Hansen kicking out. Oh. Well, I thought that was it then for the War Raiders. Rose slowly getting up on the apron, but Strong's there. Boot to the face and now looking to backbreaker him on the apron. That's the hardest part of the ring. Come on, Rose in a very prime position. Rolls to the outside. Well, this is awesome, champ. And now Strong getting a tag in. I'm sorry, Dan, I've cursed you, haven't I? It's because I've I changed my mind. And now it looks like they're going to end it on Han- uh, on Hanson here. Axe kick, double spinning elbows. Roderick Strong. Strong slam. And now goes for the cover. One, two. two. Oh, but Hanson managing to kick out. Oh. Well, he's still in it. You can see the absolute frustration of the Undisputed Evil. They've given everything. He's talking about big men. And it's the kind of spirit he's got left in him. And the fight and the stamina. Fight forever chance as well. It's been brilliant. The Hanson's not finished. Oh, picks up O'Reilly, but Roderick Strong in again, and the referee's doing absolutely fuck all about it. Right, combination clothesline to... Oh, no. clothesline leg sweep, but still only managing to get a two count. Two. And how? And this has made Hanson look like such a bad son of a bitch. It's been brilliant. But yeah, I, I mean, he's splattered to the outside. Yeah. He's taken a couple of high-impact finishers yeah. from the Undeserving Era. 
But I fear this might be the end. And how long have they been in there together? Hanson fighting them both off. Not for long, though. Knees to the face. Oh, oh, looking for that kick, spinning heel trip combo. But that gets roly polied out. Oh, Handspring double back elbow from Hanson. <laughs> and if these two guys don't win the title, well, hang what on a kind of world are we living in? Road tagged in. Hanson put strong on row for the powerbomb and the slam down to O'Reilly. And now row picking up Kyle O'Reilly and is Hanson going to slam him down? Bang! Huge leg drop off the top. One, One two, two, three! <laughs> and the War Raiders are the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Oh, that feels brilliant. Thank you for that, Dan. That's all. That's you. That's on you, that is. Uh, War Raiders win. What did you think of the match? Absolutely fucking brilliant. High impact, high intensity, all throughout. And I'm going to ignore the faux pas by the referee because I think that would have taken away from the quality of the match, you know, immediately kicking out undeserving era. I know, you, know, you know what referees are like. They give a bit more leniency towards the heels. You know, the whole way that this match went was absolutely fucking awesome. Yeah. And War Raiders have definitely gone up about 10 notches in my expectations. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know, you know, when they first debuted, I asked you what you thought of them. You, you weren't sure if they were kind of like another Ascension or whatever it was like that. And we had just seen kind of Sanity come through. And of course, we've seen big tag teams. But I mean, Hansen and Rowe, oh God, Hansen looks like such a tough son of a gun. I know he said it again, you know, I'm, the stuff he did in this match was incredible. Like, a cruiserweight would be proud of. And credit to Roe as well. And it kept us guessing throughout, you know. And even like you said with the referee there, it was still so kind of back and forth. And and what is really funny to me is that I remember you said earlier, oh, I'm full of I've got a member. Uh, you've got, you know, don't want to be too, too nice about it. But when it's this kind of uh, quality, you can't, you know what I mean, give it such a kind of high rating as it is. Is what a perfect way to start. Take- this is what I thought NXT Takeover Blackpool would start off like. Do you know what I mean with that kind of title win? And we get it here. They got the entrance, and we talk about the future of the tag team division. The War Raiders are here on NXT, and, and I tell you what, long may it continue. You know, yeah, you know, you can see a match, possibly quite an easy title defense against um, Marcel Barfell and Fabian Eichner down the line. You know, just to kind of cement their status. NXT do need a few more tag teams. Whether they're going to have another Dusty Rose tag team classic, kind of pair up yeah, a few odd balls yeah. and see how that goes. But I think they're kind of lacking slightly for talent. Yeah. No, I, I think I completely agree with you there. But I, I want to see only I want to see Lorcan and um, Birch go against the War Raiders. And of course, I feel that WrestleMania weekend we're going to see uh, the Unspeaked Era against War Raiders again this time. Maybe Tornado Tag, maybe Hardcore, or maybe this is the end for the Unspeaked Era. Without any gold, do they have any say in NXT whatsoever at the moment, Dan, you know? No, well, you know, Adam Cole's prediction at the end of last year's kind of completely turned 180. They wanted all the gold and now they have none. So, but is this the slow call back for the mm. Undisputed Era. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, still a long way for the year to go. And speaking of predictions and that as well, we both get a point for that. to start one point all as we move on. And, you know, what a great way. I should get two points. Because, <laughs> you know, no, I, no, you know, I like... chose my team and then I kind of put the team that I chose into James's head. No, look, you know, like how uh, I taught you a lot, you know, about wrestling. You, you know, you're, you're teaching me about this now, you see. So we'll move on to our next match. 
And in the crowd, we have United Kingdom champion Pete Dunne, as happy as always, yeah. and Tony Storm smiling like a Cheshire cat because she is the women's champion. Well, Pete Dunne's just unhappy he's not able to compete here tonight because the car's so stacked as it is. But him and Tony Storm are here. It's great to see him backstage, Dan. Well, backstage, you see Ricochet warming up, having a look at his uh, title bout and wearing an absolutely attractive vest top. I think I'm going to cut the sleeves off this T-shirt that you bought me, James, if you don't mind. No, well, it'd be awesome. But, Dan, uh, that's later. Unfortunately, right now for you, the next match is Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. And it's been very interesting build-up. We talked about it a lot. But finally, tonight, we're going to see, and hopefully it doesn't last six seconds like it did last time. Hopefully it lasts only three. <laughs> yeah, we're going to see tonight the battle between Ono and Riddle. And let's have a look how it all came about. When I came back to NXT, there was so much buzz until, well, until there wasn't. There's always going to be someone new. Bro. Another blue chip signing. A guy who's taken the sports entertainment world by storm. That is Matt Riddle. Fought in the UFC for six years. Been wrestling on the Indies for four. I think the time's right, and I'm gonna make my mark. It's whoever the next guy is, the next guy with buzz. I'm gonna be the first one to welcome you and to knock you to the back of the line. Cassius Ono isn't going anywhere. You're a mirage and I see through you. And when I step in the ring with you, Matt Riddle, it will take me one second to expose you. Instead of being bitter, to try being better, bro. Whoa! Riddle hits him with the final flash. It's over in a flash. Oh my God! So the bell rang and then after what happened at TakeOver War Games. The promotion! He's got it locked in! There's a tap! Riddle defeats Ono again! The despair on the face of Cassius Ono. What's going to be going through his mind? Cassius Ono is a dangerous man. And if you don't know how dangerous I am, you will now. Oh, no! So I like you mentioning that, that I am currently on a six-point streak in 2019. I haven't got a single prediction wrong. So, you know, just a, just a random question, James. How many correct scores do I have to get in a row to get an extra bonus prediction point? You need to get... You need to get if you get two takeovers and a, and a pay-per-view perfect score, I will give you a bonus point for that. If you can get three in a row, you get another bonus point. That's always been the rules as well, but no one's ever got through in a row. <laughs> no. It's almost impossible. No one can get it. If you get out of takeover with a perfect score, I will be impressed as well. 
but we, like we said, we just had a look and a build-up for Riddle and Ono, and it's my go to talk about it. And uh, Ono may be giving a lot more than many people thought. He complained about the new guys coming in, whether it be uh, the glorious former NXT champion Bobby Roode or the former NXT champion Drew McIntyre or EC3 or any great talent that kind of came through. Uh, and, and he's been upset by it, and Riddle was kind of the last one on the you know the, the line, as it was, and he decided against it. He wanted to attack him. And Riddle took exception to this, of course, because why would you want to be attacked? And it's kind of turned into a real feud. And we've seen the attack by Ono to Riddle after the match when he offered him respect. And instead beat him down, which sent Dan into an orgasmic frenzy. And then later on as well, beating Keith Lee. So Ono has got some momentum, but he's going against Matt Riddle, which is going to be difficult. Dan, we're not looking forward to this match, but can it deliver here after a fantastic tag team match? I'm not sure. But prediction-wise, who have you gone for in this one? I have gone for bro, Matt, bro, Riddle, bro. Yeah. And I have gone for this one as well, Matt, Riddle. So, again, we've gone the same. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Matt Riddle's going to win this because, well, he's the rising star. As he flips off his flops and uh, looks to compete here. I think he's going to compete for the NXT title by the end of the year. I think W management are high on him. He's got the look they like. The gimmick's awful, but I'm not going to get into that. But that's WWE's. That's, that's his making, not WWE's at this point. Uh, be interesting to see. I want to see a hard-hitting affair with a lot of kind of submission-based and strong slide, stri- strikes. What is the, your best hopes for this match right now as Ono comes out? It's over quick enough. You know, it doesn't drag on. It's It doesn't irritate me because, you know, I don't want to see some stupid stoner frat boy-looking cunt you know, have fucking too long in the ring. Um, you know, Cassius Ono, we've mentioned it a few times, he is there to put over new wrestlers, because I, I was going to use the word talent, but <laughs> I think that, you know, it is a bit of a broad assumption, so I'm just going to say new wrestlers. Yeah. No, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I, I think the thing is, this is Cassius Ono's first takeover apart from last one obviously which wasn't a proper appearance for a very long time you know you talk about you know two to three years and again he was putting talent over back then uh so here tonight i think he's going to get a job but i think fair play to Cassius. you know he's worked long and hard like you know we said on the pre-show you know he's worked there to get talent over and i think tonight he gets his moment i think in defeat here but you know still uh keys to victory dan what does Either man have to do if they want to get the job well, done. Well, Cassius Ono, he needs to um, kind of avoid the strikes from uh, Matt Riddle. You know, he needs to kind of keep a bit of distance. Matt's going to want to get a bit of retribution for the the absolutely beautiful attack on him. I think he needs to kind of catch uh, uh, Riddle unawares. Yeah. I think you're right about that. And straight away, Ono was there making sure he didn't get hit early on. Dodged out the ring, but Riddle came around, ran on the stairs, flying forearm, throws him back in, now sent on. Well, standing moon sort of attempt, missed. Rono, oh no, rolled out of the way, but got caught with the running sent on. But impressive by Riddle there, now he's got Ono trying to get him in a gut wrench. Wow, he manages to lift Cassius Ono up for a gut wrench. <laughs> Barely gets him over, though. Well, slams him down, so showing a little bit of strength, but it's the speed I'm surprised that with Riddle. And now he's looking towards Ono, but Ono with a shot to the gut. Well, Cassius, he's, you know, a, again for the second match in a row. He's a huskier fella. So he can absorb a lot of 
punishment. Yeah, without doubt. And he's a veteran as well, so he knows when to grab hold of the ropes. And he can do a lot in the ring as well as he swings round on the apron. But gets caught with a big forearm from Riddle on the outside. And now what's Riddle going to try? Sunset flip. To powerbomb into the wafer thin mats below. But Ono holding on to the ropes and now got the apron on Riddle's face. <laughs> Again, you know, intelligence and wherewithal from Cassius Ono. Yeah, without a doubt. Slam- hurting uh, Riddle there. And Ono can now take a little bit of a breath as Riddle gets back in. And if I was Ono, I'd definitely go to concentrate on Riddle, the exposed parts, which is a lot of them. I'll be stamping on <laughs> Oh, my God. And a huge leg drop to the back of the head. This could be it. Two. No. Riddle gets the shoulder up at two. Two. And now Cravat by Ono taking down Riddle. And Riddle might think he's a hot shit right now, but, you know, back in the day, Ono was going against all of them, and he's seen everybody go by. You talk about all the talent that he's watched, and he thinks Riddle is not in his league. Well, then you've got to maybe believe Ono is right by that. Riddle's got to prove it here tonight. And he got caught with a reverse back elbow. He may be out. Two. Th- oh! Oh, that would have been a point I'd have been happy not to get. Oh, my God. Well, that, that's, I've seen that UFC recently. That was a kind of knockout. That happened, a guy caught him in the back elbow. I don't know if Ono actually meant that, or Riddle's momentum caught him into it. Well, running kick to the side of the head as way back to his feet. But I think Ono needs to stop concentrating on trying to teach him a lesson and actually teach him a lesson by winning the match. Yeah, I think this is the whole point. Ono, if he wants to get the job done, be taken seriously, he needs to beat the young guys rather than talking trash in that way. He needs to kind of back it up. If he's got Riddle's hurt, Riddle hurt, he's got to make the most of it. And now Riddle with a slaps right back to Ono. So how soon do you think Matt Riddle's going to get a shot at the championship? You know, if, if as we believe it is inevitable that he's going to win this match, how soon after do you think he, I'll, I'll say it in quotation mark, but deserves? Well, I think by I think Survivor's takeover will be Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle for the NXT championship. So you think Adam Cole is... Higher in the throne than a deserving a spot than Matt Riddle. I don't, but I think that's the way NXT is going to go this year. I'm just saying because they're going to lose the people we've got in our main event tonight. Apart from maybe Ricochet, are not going to be around uh, in the next few months, and I think we're going to see a different direction. I think this. I think it's toughening up Riddle here, and he is getting a beating. They're on the outside. I know I had him like a vat from against the stairs. This must be good for you, Dan. It is, yes. I am smiling inside and outside. Oh! <laughs> and you see Riddle had his the back of his head perched against the bottom rope. And in super slow motion, Cassius Ono's boot just goes straight into them big rubber-looking lips. And I hate to say it, but I think he might have internal bleeding, James. Well, internal bleeding. He's got a fat lip at the moment. No, that's just his normal fat lips. And Ono... He's been in control. Huge forearm to the face. And Riddle showing his toughness. There's a bit of blood, but he's not backing down. Boot to the face, but Riddle likes it. Comes back in. Oh, no, catches him. Now he's going to suplex him. No, Riddle turns it. Oh, he's got a rear naked chokehold on with his legs wrapped around the waist of Ono. And Ono may be out. He's got the ropes, though. But Riddle kicks the arm away. Now he's trying to pick him up, but can't get up. Oh, no. Oh, 
Say, listen to me. Stamp on the foot. That's what you get for not wearing boots, you fucking frat boy twat. Well, to be fair, I can't disagree with you there. I mean, I know. Oh, no, he is a fucking fat bo- frat uh, no, boy. No, 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 no. The, the, the foot, you know, and then going for the knee, but Riddle catches him, gets up Ono, deadlifts him down, Two. goes for the cover. Oh, but Ono managing to. Um, Oh, no, managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. So can you imagine Matt Riddle in a mat against Pete Dunne and the joint manipulation oh, no. he uses on the I don't fingers. like Pete anyway. On the toes, I mean? no, just no, wrenching no. the toes apart. No, fuck, that would be fucked up, man. That would be some, like, Sid Vicious shit, do you know what I mean, off the top rope. Like, that would going to be... Ugh. Oh, Riddle with the kicks to the chest. And just take You're not Daniel out. Bryan. But or oh, even no. the fucking Miz. But oh, no, grabbing the legs. I oh, know he's better than... The, I know the Miz is better. And now he's got... They're talking about joint manipulation. Oh, he's oh. biting the big toe. Oh. Yes. No. Oh, knee to the face. Knocks Riddle out on his feet. Or oh, on his knees. Yeah, on, his, on his broken feet. Oh. Oh, no. We'll do what he wants to get the victory. Fair play to him. Now he's got him in a powerbomb. Powerbomb, but Riddle with the elbows to the head. Set out oh. powerbomb. Anyway, folds Riddle up to... Oh. oh. He nearly beat Riddle, but he managed to kick out. Uh. He caught up in this excitement here. And now Ono looking to go up back to his glory days. He can fly. Now all the way up. Moonsault tempt. Oh, hits it. Beautiful. One, One two. two. Oh. Well, believe it or not, he used to do 450 as well. I mean, but we are talking about, you know, back in 10 years ago. A couple of hundred pound lighter. Yeah. But still, look at that. He can still fly. And that was beautiful by Ono. Well, it was a better attempt than Brock Lesnar had. Yeah, without doubt. But somehow Riddle's still in this. And now Ono might be looking for that rolling elbow to put Riddle away. Here he comes. Oh, gets ducked by Riddle, but catch him with a big boot. Knocks him down. Senton again. Oh, all his weight on top of him as well. Second Senton, but gets caught. Oh, no. And now Riddle looking. Ono might be caught. Can he break it? Oh, no. arm's under. It's locked in, but oh no. Oh. Intelligence again rolling towards the bottom rope. And oh my God, just about breaking it. But now you can see the frustration of Riddle. Now the kicks to Ono's face. Oh, a bit of payback. Kicks to the back of the head as well. And Riddle wants the crowd into They have been a little bit more quiet in this. I know we just had a great match. And Ono in a bit of trouble. Oh no, begging off as a shady heel does. Well, this is is what he, he going to offer him the fist? This is what started it all. And he is offering a fist here. Sign of respect, much like this feud really started. But Riddle says, no, you've had your chance. Knees him in the jaw. And now he's got him in the back. He's going to drop him. To- oh, my God. And a beautiful suplex by Riddle. And now he's got the back elbows. Using an Ono. And Ono's tapping out. He's tapping. He's tapping out to strikes by Riddle. I can't remember the last time. We've seen that in WWE. Ono couldn't move his arm. It's a real MMA finish, but Ono, Riddle gets the job done. I'm really surprised by that finish. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. I didn't really mind that match, to be fair. I mean, yeah, Riddle's not kind of, you know, the greatest. The crowd went 100% behind him. But, you know, that's the kind of shit I dig, actually. And I, I quite enjoy that. Dan, what do you think? It certainly was an innovative finish. It's kind of put Riddle over to go on to... Different things now, you know, and uh, I just don't know what they're going to do with Cassius Ono, you know. He's just coming in as enhancement talent. He is, as I've said before, a rock. 
Yeah, without a doubt, you know, Ono is there, and I don't know when the next time he'll get a takeover match. Really impressed by Riddle. Uh, that suplex as well, by the neck, nearly broke Cassie's own, and that's dangerous. And then the strikes as well. Really impressive stuff. It made Riddle look really tough. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that as we move on to our next match. So after that, we both get another point. My God, my my uh, my nose is going to believe for being this high up. Um, we're on ball. So two out of two. So we're on for both perfect scores as well as we continue. And oh, look, the Velveteen Dream has arrived in a very luxury car. And two lovely ladies escorting him. So will the Dream have an eye on what's happening here tonight, maybe. But up next, it's sure to be a five-star classic because it's going to be a ricochet the North America champion going against Johnny Gagano and let's have a look at the promo 2018 a lot of people thought they knew what was best for Johnny Gargano he asked the champ maybe Johnny should have an opportunity at the North American title the only man that knows what's best for Johnny Gargano is Johnny Gargano. In 2019, Johnny, I know you're listening. I know my end game. Think about it. It's become the man I was always meant to be. North American champion. Johnny Gargano will become champion. This is our takeover, Johnny. But don't get confused about a moment in the cage that meant nothing. But if I want the North American Championship, I'm going to take it. If you wanted an opportunity at the North American title, all you had to do was ask. But you're going to take it, huh? Let me ask you a question. Are you going to take it from me man to man or after attacking me behind my back in a parking lot? The way I see it, 2019 Johnny Gargano is the same person as 2018 Johnny Gargano. I'm kind of starting to like it. All you finally did was you showed the world your true colors. Ricochet, can we get a word? All the respect that I had for Johnny before, he super kicked away. But in 2018, I showed my true colors. When I won this, I am the one and only that's not just a catchy nickname. Ricochet is a -a one-of-a-kind athlete. He flies around that ring like a superhero. You know what I do when I feel like being a superhero? I just wake up in the morning. I've known Johnny for a long time. But something's different. This isn't the same Johnny. This past year has changed me. Johnny Gargano, a tortured soul! I'm very much so in control. But the difference between me and Ricochet, he never had to fight. He never had to scratch. He never had to claw. I went out there and I won. Opportunity is only good if you deliver. And that right there might be the biggest difference between Johnny Gargano and Ricochet. You hear something so often. Start skin your head a little bit. You want me to be a bad guy so bad? I'll be the baddest guy I've ever seen. Johnny that I know. He's still in there. I'll knock some sense back into him. Take over Phoenix. I showed the NXT universe I am something that Johnny Gargano is not. Johnny Gargano will become champion. champion.
Well, I think, you know, the puppet master might be here in uh, in some effect, you know, kind of swaying Johnny Gargano away from his NXT championship and kind of pushing him, saying, look, you know, there is other gold out there that you might want to be interested in. And that brings uh, kind of ricochet into the question. And Johnny Gargano says, well, you know, if I want the title from you, I'm going to take it. Brings out Ricochet and he says, look, you know, if you want to kind of take it from me, all you got to do is ask. So that's kind of set up this match. And there's been a bit of back and forth also involving um, Alistair Black and Tommaso Ciampa. You know, they've been kind of still in this picture, which, you know, I thoroughly enjoy. And it's, yeah, it's building up for quite a good, intense match. And again, brilliant storytelling from NXT. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's like a few things I like from this. Like it said, brilliant storytelling. I like the fact that Ricochet has to come here now after kind of, not looking like an idiot, but, you know, after being super kicked by Gagano, uh, he needs to come here and try to get some retribution. He's a little bit more angry. It's a little bit more personal than it has been. You know, it's not just about the championship after that. He could have just come up to him and said, you know, here's your shot at him. You know, and, and also if you look at who's been protected, you know, you talk about monsters, you talk about people undefeated. Ricochet, you know, apart from losing in the ladder match where he obviously didn't get pinned and it was a multi-man match, you know, against Adam Cole winning the championship, uh, against everybody he's been to, you know, he's kind of got the job done. Even against Pete Dunne, he looked like he was going to get the job done, you know, until uh, it went to a draw. So, I mean, this is the interesting things about it. Uh, I think Ricochet's, you know, uh, such a star. I just hope they keep him in NXT for a couple of years and let him be champion as well and, and do all that. And, and I feel this match is, is going to be brilliant. I wish there was a little bit more build-up, but the way they've done it and entwined it, it's been great, you know, and, and I really am looking forward to it. Prediction-wise, uh, it's the third match. And predictions, Dan, I have gone for it in this. Well, this is kind of a difficult one because I do love Johnny Gagano. But after what I've just said about Ricochet, I have to go in this one for Ricochet. Dan, who have you gone for in this match? How could I ever count out the one and only? I'm wearing his T-shirt for a reason. Free for free. Well, we're going to say free for free. Can you get eight predictions correct in a row? As here comes Johnny Gagano. Just imagine that. A few months ago, he was getting cheered out of the building as a number one guy. And now, yes, there's a few signs in attendance, but a more mixed reaction and a more cocky side to Gagano. Do you dig this Gagano more than the baby face? You know, what Gagano do you for the most? I don't know because to me at the moment, he seems like he's a bit of a tweener. Is he torn between his head and his heart at the moment? You know, does he does he know what he needs to do? Will he take any inspiration from his former tag team partner? Chomper's gone down a dark route and that's worked out for him. Is that what... Johnny Takeover needs to do. Well, this is the thing, and, and this we're going to see if this new attitude for Gagana gets the job done tonight. He knows he's did right, much like Chumper did, and Chump's gone down that dark alley, but he's vindicated by success. Will the same happen to Gagana? He says he needs championships to be successful, and you see even his wife Candice LeRae is questioned, you know, what is the relationship with Chumper, and what is this Johnny Gagana that we've seen, kind of obsessed with everything that's going on. Uh, and I think Ricochet is the kind of guy that kind of uh, comes along, the hero that you need to kind of put Gagano in his place. Uh, I think, you know, the North American Championship with Ricochet is perfect at the moment because he can showcase his skills. So going back to NXT Blackpool, what was the predictions we got the same there as well? So I'm just saying, you know, this is five. The only one we got wrong, the only one that's been different from us all year has been Mustache Mountain. 
so I don't know, I'm just thinking like in a row. We've if got I'd have got that one right, I would have had four, yeah. five, six, seven in a row so far. Mm-hmm. So here comes Ricochet. What do you think he look? Uh, how do you think he looks here tonight? Ready for action, Dan? Like a superstar, he's focused, laser focused, and you know Johnny Gagano's been kind of and Ricochet coming out here, leather jacket, and his tights match as well. It's red and black, much like the North American Championship. He is defending. He looks ready for business. Gagano is ready as well. Yes, um, I think Ricochet's laser focused. Uh, he's kind of lost the one-upmanship to Johnny Gagano. I mean, you know him. Uh, getting the upper edge on the super kick then coming straight out of the blocks you know saying look if I'm going to come out talking on the mic and then he says something and then he just hits him with the mic and then gets another bit of one-upmanship but I think you know one-on-one where Ricochet can see him coming I think he's going to get some payback yeah I, I, I think so as well I think that's important you know in this match to see Ricochet to you know turn it up a little bit as we start off with some wrestling Ricochet can show that he's as technical as Gagano is. And that's why he came to WWE to show, you know, it wasn't all just about flips and flying around, that he could wrestle with the best of them. And there's been no better in NXT than Gagano. You have to go through Gagano to make it in NXT, it seemed, these past few years. So he flips over, tries to take Ricochet down. They're getting back up to the feet, dodging it. Ooh. And a super kick there. And I would say Ricochet is quicker than Gagano, but at the moment... I'd say Ricochet is quicker than Gagano. But Gagano's slightly more technical than him. Yeah, and I think maybe that's what Gagano is going to try and play if we look at kind of keys to victory with Gagano trying to get on that. More submissions, of course, Gagano's escape is such a dangerous move. Ricochet really haven't got that in his um, repertoire. Gagano ties up Ricochet, but managing to get through, running through with a headlock. Now Ricochet's on the mat. And Gagano, you know, he's just feeling out Ricochet, you know, trying to slow him down. You keep a hot feet and then, you know, he takes away a lot of his moves. Yeah, and you can hear as well with the crowd, the kind of split between Gagano and Ricochet. I think that's going to be important in this match. If they turn against Gagano, that may play a factor into it. And Ricochet plays great, babyface in peril. But hopefully there's match-to-match move. Ricochet getting out of submission. But, you know, you mentioned before about kind of... uh... Hill versus Hill in Basler versus uh, Belair. But this is, you know, effectively a face versus face match. Yeah, and at a certain point of view, you know, Gagano is still loved by always. Ricochet managing to nip up, then double hip toss. Gagano turns him round. Well, Wilbarrow looking for another double underhook pin attempt, but Ricochet rolls through. Fireman's carry, but Gagano with a backslide. Ricochet rolling through. And, and this is just beautiful. Leapfrog by Ricochet. Gagano again drops down. Ricochet lands on his feet, sprung around, lands again on his feet after Gagano hit him. Now Hurricane Runner. Oh, but Ricochet just nips straight up from it. Gagano running the ropes, looking for it again, and Ricochet landing on his feet for a second time. And that's what Ricochet can do. The crowd appreciate it. NXT chant. Ricochet saying, anything you could do, I could do better. Or anything you can do, I can counter it. He's asked what Johnny's going to get tonight. He's going to offer the hand. Oh. oh, Ricochet helps him up. He gets caught with a stiff elbow, but Ricochet gives as good as he got. Oh, and now Gagano turns him around, chopping a corner. And it seems like Gagano is gaining multiple, multiple, um, not multiple personalities, is it? it is. It's like a bipolar Gagano. It, it is. Johnny it, bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> Irish whip into the corner. Ricochet leaps over, though. 
rolls the back of Gagano and rolls under a clothesline attempt. Hezes has takedown and Ricochet nips up. A lovely drop kick. And he's just so quick and sudden as well. And Gagano on the outside. Stop Ricochet. Oh, who rolls over the top rope because Gagano moves out of the way. Avoids a sweep. Oh. Runs up the turnbuckle. <laughs> and a lovely moonsault off of it. There's not many people that can do that so easy. No. It's just, whoa. I'll tell you a match I'd like to see. Not just because they're two of my favourites, but Randy Orton versus Ricochet. The amount of RKO oh, possibilities. Oh, God almighty, yeah. A coming in, he just power catches him with an <laughs> yeah. RKO. That would be absolutely beautiful. 6.30 RKO would be a thing of beauty. <laughs> and Ricochet chopping a Garno. And he is a... Uh, there's another couple of wrestlers that Randy hasn't RKO'd yet. Yeah, well, yeah. See if they make it to the main roster yet, but they're fighting over the North American Championship. Right now, NXT TakeOver. Gagano back in the ring, but in the corner. Ricochet runs into a back elbow. Rolls through <laughs> and just catches Johnny Gagano with an uppercut. Him back. Now Gagano stuck up on that top turnbuckle. And Ricochet's got an idea, but Gagano grabbed a leg. Ricochet fell down, but managed to keep his balance for Spons. Shot to the face. Ricochet going, <coughs> Ricochet going back up into position. Oh! But getting caught by Gagano. Slides between the legs and just drops Ricochet face first into the top turnbuckle. And I think that's the upper hand for Gagano there. And Ricochet definitely dazed. And at the last takeover, we saw a little bit of problem for the top rope there, didn't we? Trying to um, get some balance and... Just then, looks like both men are struggling, but Gagano took advantage. And this is the kind of laser focus Gagano that wasn't there when you look at him a year ago. He's just looking to beat down Ricochet. He knows where the back of the head. Trying to take a page out of Chompers, but you know, if it's not all about the technical Johnny wrestling. It's about Johnny badass and Johnny beat you down. And the thing is, as well, if the thing Chumper, you know, and Gagano might have to do is if you do beat, if a guy does get hurt, you take advantage of that. No trash talking, you know, you don't feel sorry for him. You go straight to it and make him pay, you know, and retain your championship or win your match and worry about it later. You know, that's one thing you can say about Gagano. Maybe Ricochet, if their opponent was to get hurt, you would worry, you know, they'd worry about their well-being. Whereas with someone like Chumper, you know, would probably love it. And now Ricochet with four uh, Irish rip reversed by Gagano. No, turned again around by Ricochet. Leg sweep, standing moonsault, but... Gagano gets his feet up and just flips Ricochet a bit further across the ring. A nice reversal by Johnny. He's got those things. Now picking up Ricochet. That kind of net breaker on the knee. Two. Oh, but Ricochet managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Now Gagano's just got the ear of Ricochet. And Ricochet's frustrated, but there's nothing he can do at the moment. Well, tying him up, looking for a modified pin attempt. Oh, but Ricochet managing to get the shoulder up. And now Gagano just puts the leg over, grabs the arm. Bit of joint manipulation while uh, elbow into the ribs. It's got to be very uncomfortable for Ricochet. And he's just working through so he can get him round as well. But Gagano's shoulders to the mat. Let go to submission. Johnny comes back with a huge chop. Might knock the sweat clean off of Ricochet. And now a kick to the face. And I don't think Ricochet's truly been the same since he hit his head on that top turnbuckle. No, he's uh, been a bit dazed. He's managing to fight back, but Gagano's just kind of hitting him just that bit harder. It's a bit more, yeah, bite behind them. And now Gagano going for the sunset flip with Ricochet, breaking it. Can he pick up Gagano? He can. Powers him up, but Gagano with a backslide pushes him into the corner. Follows it up, but Ricochet sends him over the top rope. 
Gagano lands on the apron. He springboards in, but Ricochet swats him down. Standing moonsault to Gagano as he was kind of like kneeling down. Well, that hurt Ricochet, but it puts him in the ascendancy in this match at the moment. And Gagano shouldn't play fire, fire with fire. Just stick to what he was doing in the early game rather than trying to use the ropes to ricochet. And now both men trading shots in the middle of the ring. So he was talking about the kind of if Riddle gets a shot at the championship, do either of these two guys deserve it? I think Gagano should be next in line uh, to face the winner with Chumpa or Black. And I think Ricochet definitely, once he wants to, uh, you know, either he loses North America Championship, his next goal should be the NXT Championship as well. But I, I still feel that, you know, Riddle will get in there as well because I think Ricochet might walk out of the 2019 still North American champion. That's how good he is at the moment. He's got Gagane down, springboarding back in with a back elbow. And uh, Ricochet, uh, you know, so I'm really, really impressed with him. And Rolls now, through. Oh, and that's fantastic. And then Northern Lights suplex back up across. Powers him up for a lovely suplex. One, two. Oh. oh. There's not many men that can do that, but Gagano got the shoulder up at two. Two. And it's just proving that Ricochet can go toe-to-toe with arguably one of the best workers in NXT. And now Ricochet's got Gagano, but Gagano grabs a hand to block it, and now palm strike to the face. Now maybe trying to suplex him, but Ricochet elbow. And these two men matching up so well, kind of got reversal for each other. And now it's Gagano to send Ricochet to the outside, but he fights off Johnny. Springboard. Gagano ducks it. Ricochet rolls into the corner. Pushes Johnny off. Oh, but gets caught in a set-out powerbomb. My God, two. for the hurricane. Got caught, managed to get shoulder up at two. Two. But Gagano now rolls through. Straight into the crossface. And Ricochet stuck in the middle of the ring. One of the most dangerous moves. Gagano turns around and now Ricochet's got nowhere to go. Is and he looking he's... for the Gagano escape? Well, if he can get the arm over... Ricochet trying to fight it. Turns it into pin attempt, but Ricochet managing to get the cover across, only getting a two count. Two. Gagano goes for the kick. Ricochet throws him to the outside. Now Gagano will step up in security, rocking Ricochet. Bringing over the top rope, <laughs> trying to plant Ricochet with a DDT again, but Ricochet holding on to that middle rope. And I think the strength of Ricochet surprised Gagano. Oh, sends him crashing to the outside. His ribs bounce off the edge of the ring apron. And I don't think Ricochet is finished just there yet. <laughs> oh. Absolutely beautiful. Lovely corkscrew. <laughs> Palancha through the air there. Taking out Gagano. Oh. Throws him back into the ring. It's just history, isn't it? You know, in 2013, we saw Ricochet live. Did we think when we start the podcast in 2015, we'll be calling a Ricochet match? 2019. We'll be calling a takeover match in 2019. Oh, sorry, yeah, no. It's incredible. And now Gagano comes in. Ricochet catches him with the uppercut. Upper what? Ricochet charges in. Gagano lifts the legs over him. Rolls Ricochet through. Standing shooting star press. Ricochet springboards off the second rope for another shooting star. Two. Oh. <sighs> Gagano just <laughs> out and us just managing to catch uh, our breath. Yeah, it's a collective sigh that was. <laughs> an excitement. I won't mind him fighting all night, all night, but I fear my voice would go. Well, we've got Ali B versus Chompa, yeah? Oh I mean, God. you know, and that's not taking Basler versus Belair into account. And now Ricochet looks to go up and Gagano grabs a leg of Ricochet. And good, goodness knows how long this match has got left in it for the North American Championship. If Ricochet's getting anything to do with it, right now, 
Or Ricochet perched up on the top turnbuckle. Cagano, kind of a last-ditch attempt, grabbing the ankle of him, stopping Ricochet from moving. And now fighting up with some huge elbows to the jaw. Ricochet in a little bit of trouble in Cagano. Cagano goes up, catches it, but Ricochet can rope. Looking to maybe slam him down. Cagano saves himself with a back elbow. And now maybe Hurricane Ron attempt on Ricochet. No, Ricochet catches him mid-air. And now Gagano's got nowhere to go. Powers him up. Oh! Well, he spins Ricochet through, who lands on his feet. (laughs) And even Gagano's in awe at what he's just witnessed. That man is not human. He's a superhero. (laughs) Look at the reaction. Gagano runs into a forearm, but, oh, responds. Step up in Zaguri. Oh, but Ricochet responds again with a back elbow. Hurricanrana and Forearms both missed by either man, but a super kick to the face of G- uh, by Gagano to Ricochet, but Ricochet rolls through, nips up. Oh. Pele! A huge Pele! <laughs> I can only just say the moves. And now Ricochet handspring. Oh, oh, gets caught by Gagano straight into the Gagano escape. And that is it, surely. Don't call me Shirley. But Ricochet's managed to counter pretty much everything else Gagano's thrown at him. Yeah, but he was in the crossface earlier. He got a feet, he's hurt, but he managed to get to his feet somehow. And picking up Gagano again. Alleviating the pressure. Oh! Throws him upside down into the corner. <laughs> like an exploder. Well, I think we're going to see something over a five-star match. And now Gagano's down Ricochet going up, up, up. And he's looking to finish off. Johnny Gargano. No. Gargano sees it coming. Roll into the opposite corner. Intelligence there from Johnny Gargano. But is that going to stop Ricochet? The look on his face says no. Oh, Gargano. Maybe lulling Ricochet into full sense of security. No. Drops <sighs> down again. He's going to spring over the turnbuckle. Oh, oh here comes Ricochet. <laughs> <laughs> Leapfrog in the corner post and just taken out Gagano with a plancha. He cleared that with, with ease. Springboard 450. One, two. Gagano oh. just managing to kick out. Uh. Ricochet going up top now. Oh my word. We'll see a replay of that. A tremendous dive the outside. And now he's looking to put Gagano away. Oh. Shooting star press gets caught by Gagano. Rolls him up. Two. Oh. Ricochet managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And look at that. Beautiful by Ricochet. At least 10 feet up in the air. At least 12 foot in the air. But lands on the knees. Gets rolled up. And But he's still in this match. He can go either way at this moment. Gagano looking to take advantage. He's been so close for championships. And it's been taken away from him in the worst way possible. But this time, he's going to finish it with the DIY super kick. Kicks Ricochet, but the impact sends him out of the ring. And that's probably the best and worst thing that could have happened for Johnny Gargano. But does that sum up Johnny Gargano with DIY? If it was Chumpy when he landed in ring when Gargano was out, but stopping Johnny wrestling... It goes flying. Ricochet, funnily enough, up to his feet, catches Gagano. Well, suicide dive attempt caught, but oh my god! 
The first can run on the outside. Shit. The back of Ricochet's head just planted into their wafer-thin mats. Gonna springboard in. DDT. This could be it. One, two, ah! Somehow Ricochet managed to kick out. That is incredible. On those wafer-thin mats. Nearly kills him. That's incredible. And a well-deserved huge NXT chant going up. NXT. I tell you what, this is awesome chant. Wouldn't go amiss and they don't fucking do it. Well, I'd rather just big up the brand. Well, huge NXT and Gagano now. He's gone to that dark side. Maybe he can't beat Ricochet straight up. And much like his wars with Chumper... He's, explo- he's exposing the flaws. And as I say, underneath their wafer-thin mats, it is just concrete. And this feels like the main event, but we've still got two matches to go after this as well. Gagano looking to put away Ricochet for good. Chumper-esque by Gagano draping DDT on the concrete. I think the referee's going to disqualify him if he does this. No, no. Gagano fights his demons for now. Well, that's the other side. Of Gagano realising. But Ricochet roll them up. One. Oh, oh, nearly catching Johnny sleeping. Oh, but Gagano with the kick after kicking out. Uh. And now Ricochet saying, that was for the super kick. A discus clothesline came from the bottom of Ricochet's heart. And now he's going up. Oh, my Phoenix God. Phoenix splash attempt. Missed. Gagano with a super kick. Well, I think Ricochet rolled through most of that. And Gagano rolling round, gets slammed down, and it's Gagano escape on Gagano. Ricochet with a submission. The Rico escape. Is there any escape for Johnny Gagano and his demons? Is he going to lose to his own submission? Trying to get to the bottom rope. Oh, Gagano managing finally to escape and get out of harm's way. Gagano's son escape. But they're right near the exposed concrete as well. Another fight forever chant. That's twice tonight. And all Ricochet going the apron. It's not that good. This is not going to be good. Has he been drawn in by Gagano? Well, maybe it's more personal. Gagano pushing Ricochet off. Back first into the ring post. That back of the head that was hurt earlier as well. Oh, Gagano, don't do it. And Gagano is looking to hurt Ricochet. And has he fought better now? No, he's not. He's going to suplex him. Oh! On the exposed concrete. Well, I think Agano got just as much of that as Ricochet did. And the referee now must think about calling for the bell. The back of Ricochet. Well, it started off with the front of Ricochet's head against the top turnbuckle, the back of his head against the wafer thin mats, and then against the ring apron, and now just... His back against that exposed concrete floor. Well, unfortunately for Ricochet, fortunately for us, he looks like he's not going to make it. He is out at the moment. And all Gagano has to do is roll him in and get the job done. He will be North American champion. But can he be Johnny Job done? Well, this is the thing. He's, he's, got his, he's listened to his demons. And it seems he's, more, he's arguing himself more than Ricochet. Even though Ricochet's getting to his feet. Now the DDT... Second time. Again, goes for the cover. One, One, two, two, three. Gagano beats Ricochet and becomes the North American champion. 
Wow. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Uh, it was an absolutely fucking amazing match. And, you know, not only the battle with Ricochet, but the battle with his personal demons. And is it the triumph for Gagano as well for finally getting the title he was after? Not the title he was after, but getting a title that he was in a match for because, you know, he's always come so close. And now he's got his precious. Chompers got his precious. Well, this is the thing. The story we thought was about Ricochet proving to himself that he was here and fighting champion. But the real story is about Gagano and Chumper in DIY and about the North American Championship. Gagano wanted gold. He said he would lose it if he didn't and just go to the dark side. I think Chumper's been saying to him uh, it's come true. It's like the Emperor and uh, Darth Vader with Gagano. He's come through and won the North American Championship. I'm a bit shocked by that. Ricochet, well, the, the guy went down fighting. What an unbelievable affair there by two. Straight up technical wrestling, high flying, and then a kind of extreme towards the end. Told a, a perfect story. And in January, we have our first, well, you know, apart from earlier as well, a match of the year candidate, you know? Absolutely agree with you. And, you know, the storytelling of it. And it doesn't make Ricochet look bad in defeat. Not at all, because Concrete uh, it got involved where the referee maybe should have asked. And, you know, after the DDT as well, it, it was going to be job done. Gagano won it. I say fair and square. Ricochet will get shot down the road. But after that prediction-wise, unfortunately, Dan, your streak comes to an end. We will not be getting a perfect score either in this one. It's two points all after three. We are both the same. Heading in to the fourth match, which will be for the Women's Championship. But Gagano has it. So up next, it's the NXT Women's Championship on the line. Shania Basel, the champion, defending against the undefeated Bianca Belair. So let's have a look at the promo. Jaina Baseworth, the merciless women's champion. She is dangerous. Ruthless. Malicious. Disagreeable. Calculated. She stands tall. The first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion. I spent the entire year winning. We have a new women's champion. And defending this title. Baszler continues to prove that she has what it takes. They can't stand that I have this title because they know that there's not a single thing they can do about it. I'm the strongest, I'm the toughest, I'm the fastest. Wow! Unbelievable athleticism! Shayna's gonna find out that I'm the best. Belair will challenge Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's title at TakeOver Phoenix. Shayna, she had a great year, first ever two-time champion, but you know what that means? She's lost. And guess who hasn't? Undefeated. I'm undefeated. Bianca Belair remains unblemished heading into TakeOver Phoenix. And I'm going to take that title from Shayna. You know, I can understand the things that Bianca is going to feel. I've been there one year ago, in fact. And look what I did. The people fear 
this title now. That's what a title should mean. You know what? I know Marina and Jessamine pick up the slack for Shayna. Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke help Shayna Baszler win the NXT Women's Championship. Are you worried about these two? Our role for each other is the same as it's always going to be. We have each other's back. You're like every opponent that won't put their money where their mouth is and actually fight me. If I have to take on three girls to get to the title, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Nothing's going to get in my way. Oh, slap! Doesn't matter how strong you are. Doesn't matter how fast you are. You still need air to breathe. The queen of spades can never be taken light. My whole life, I've thrived under pressure. And it takes a lot of pressure to create a diamond. And this diamond is going to shine the brightest at TakeOver. So, James, what do you think of the primer and the build-up to this match? Well, it's been interesting, Salis. I know you're a huge fan of uh, this match between Basler and um, Belair, and I'll let you talk about that in a minute. But for me, I feel the wrong women's in the title match. I feel it works better with, you know, two heels against each other. Don't really work. Kyrie Sane would have been better. Bianca Belair being the kind of cocky woman that she is. Are they trying to build her up as a face now to go up against... Uh, Shania Baszler is not alone. She's got Jasmine Duke and Mooney Shafir now in the corner, and it's going to be difficult for Blair to get anything done. We see an altercation where she slapped Baszler across the face, and um, I think tonight they're going to have to do a lot to impress me. But, Dan, you think it's good other people getting opportunities? I think it's good, yes, because, you know, you don't want things to go stale and having the same... Wrestlers going in the same matches, you know, constantly. It does get very boring. Um, whether it is the right people going, having the opportunities, it can be left up in the air. But, you know, you could argue that aside from Kari Sane and Io Shirai, there isn't anyone else that deserves it. And I, I use that phrase loosely, deserving it, than Bianca Belair. You know, she has been undefeated. So we'll see if she can win a title. What have you gone for in predictions? It's two all now. It's our fourth match. Have we gone different? Well, I have gone for Shayna Baszler, but I've put a little note in the brackets there. Baszler, double DQ or counter. Yeah, I've gone Baszler as well. So if Baszler win, no matter what means, we'll accept points for, for both of us. Obviously not retains, though, because that's not what anymore. But here comes the Queen of Spades, and I used to be such a huge fan. She's been the most dangerous woman in NXT, and oh, she's not coming out here alone, is she? Surely not. Well, don't call me Shirley, but you never know. There might be a couple of curtain twitchers lurking in the backgrounds. But is is this the Shayna Baszler that you'd want to see, or is she kind of... Have you lost all respect for her now? I, I have lost all respect for her now, and uh, I, I, I fear I will be bored here. You know, we're up now, and it's it's, you know, half one in the morning... And I worry that this might send me to sleep. I hope we see something really impressive. I don't want to be down on it. I try to look forward to see it more, you know, maybe MMA star versus the kind of wrestler here. If we look at keys to victory, you know, what do you reckon in this one? What does Bianca Belair have to do if she wants to beat Baszler with Jess Carr as referee? That would be nice to see. I think um, Bianca Belair 
she is too cocky for her own good. And I think she needs to kind of lose that cockiness. We've seen um, uh, Shayna Baszler. She defeated Nikki Cross. And Bianca Belair only just managed to defeat Nikki Cross. So, you know, and if Belair gets caught in that Kurafuga clutch, then it is game over. Yeah, and she's got to worry, you know, not only about the Kurafuga clutch, but also about outside interference. But she has got strength and she is confident the EST is here. And she believes she's the best and can't be stopped. And there's something about undefeated fighters, whether it be Goldberg, whether it be Oscar, whether it be the Undertaker at WrestleMania and streak-wise, is that you have that confidence because you have never been beaten, so you don't know what it is. So you kind of have no fear going into it, no matter how dangerous an opponent is. And don't get me wrong, Basil will break your arm, but Bianca Belair will not fear that here tonight. She's looking at the gold. She wants to become one of the youngest NXT Women's Champions of all time, and Basil looking to defend it and go into WrestleMania weekend as NXT Women's Champion. Belair, isn't right, it? so here we go. We've gone four all the same. So only main event will separate us, but we've got the co-main event here, the women's title. The bell rings after the introductions, and it's going to be a slow start, maybe a filling out process. Baszler is very confident. Both of these women very, very confident in their skill set. Kind of nowhere type to start. Should Baszler be cautious at how confident Bianca Belair is? Because we know that Baszler's defeatable, but you know. Bianca Belair, having that confidence in you, having that, you know, rolling, riding that wave of momentum. Yeah. That could be, you know, what unsticks Basler. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, especially not having a compatriots in her corner as well. I think that might, you know, she she's out here doing it alone. She's got no backup. She's got no fail safes, yeah. so to speak. I mean, that would be my game plan. If I'm Bianca Belair, like I said, you're so full of confidence, try and put away early. You know, you've got a power advantage, even though you haven't got a size advantage, and you take her out and put her away. But as I said, that basically just manhandled. Well, yeah, as uh, Belair got Basler into the corner, she was just about to tell her that she's undefeated, and Basler didn't care. She just swept the legs out and planted her on her ass. But there we go, Bianca Belair does take that Basler, tells her in the end that we're going to have a pushing contest, and now Basler going for the back, grabbing the arm, and this is trouble already. Don't get me wrong, Baszler can wrestle. And now both women running the ropes and a shoulder block there. And again, you talk about confidence for Blair. Maybe Baszler is confident in herself and not taking Bianca Belair seriously, which again would be a huge, uh, you know, mistake on her part. But there we go, Belair. Another thing that has been bugging me, bugged me about it in the last couple of matches, it always has to keep holding on to her hair. Exactly. And it kind of draws focus to it, where you should be focusing on the wrestling and what's going on in the ring. But I don't know, you just can't help but be drawn to it. And I think it's more off-putting than it is kind of useful. I think I completely agree with you. Okay, the thing as well, won't take away balance. If you've got your hand, you know, occupied with hair, or if, you know, if it gets caught somewhere else as well. I don't really like, I understand it could be long, but there we go. <laughs> I think Basler heard us. Yes, and uh, Belair's just come unstuck there. Basler used her hair and just pulled her straight into the corner post. But Basler there, the champ, going back in the ring, just let get the get referee counting. She's been getting uh, heat cups on her back. You can see it down the spine. Well, the arm's in serious trouble. If it's been pulled out of socket, it'll play right into Basler, and it is exactly that right now. Well, the Kirfuga clutch on that arm, it's... 
not going to be uh, nice. But then she could use things, so every cloud and all well, that. Well, this is not good. Belair, who's been un- you know, undefeated, is in serious trouble now. She's in her biggest match, but has just come up with an injury. And one of the most dangerous women who work the arm. Look at her twisting and turning it. It's Baszler. Now it's got the arm down. And as I said, the fans not really into it at the moment. But this is going to hurt. Hair toggles coming out. Oh, oh fucking bastard. hell. Dirty bastard. Broke the arm. Well, referee's seeing it. And Baszler's just saying, look, if you're not going to ring the bell, let me fight her. And yeah, it's showing Blair has some toughness. But at this moment, it might affect the rest of her career. Can Blair recover from this? As Baszler's got the arm. And now they've got Baszler just working the arm. Oh, and the foot to the back of the shoulder and just wrenching that arm back. And the thing is, right, is that, again, Baszler, this is cool, but she does do it in every single match. Every match, she does exactly the same thing, which the, the thing is, is if you can work different part, body parts, it's great. But when you do exactly the same thing every match, you kind of know which way this is going to go, you know? Indeed, yes. The injured arm is going to come back to cost Bianca Bella, even though she gives a valiant effort due to what happened. I might be wrong, but as we'll see as we go on. Baszler now has got no respect for Bianca. Might learn, you know, might be able to get some by the end of this match if the young woman can show her toughness. But it only takes a one eat defeat, and it could be all over for Baszler. Oh, Baszler on the back with a sleeper locked in, but Belair backing her up into the corner. And look at the kicks by Baszler, right with Bianca Belair, right to the midsection, to the injured arm, taking her down, goes for the cover, Belair managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And it looks like Baszler's smirking. No, James, she hasn't got a cigarette in her gob, she's just got a smile on her face. Because she knows, you know, she's against a wounded opponent here, and it could be all over. And Baszler holding Belair, I'm saying like an engine, Belair managing to slap around the face, Roll out of the way, dodging the knee. She's going back into the shoulder block and just digging away at the midsection of Baszler. And I think Shane is surprised that Bianca's managed to get to her feet and then powers her away. Big hip toss, shoulder block down. And then again, building some momentum in this match. Running drop kick. I think if she was to pull out a victory right now, I'd be thinking a huge surprise. Dodges the kick. Jumps over, spears Baszler, but injures that. Left and um, and all goes for the cover. Oh, now Basler managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Trying to get some feeling back in that left shoulder, but she doesn't want to leave uh, Basler alone because, you know, if she gives Basler any chance to recover, then it could be all over. I think that's why Bay's so dangerous. If you give her time, she does come up with a game plan. And again, Belair goes in and Basler tries to grab the arm. Belair just kicking away. For a running splash with Basler getting the knees up. Step up knee to the jaw, knocking Belair down. Well, it didn't knock her out. Goes for the cover, too. Oh. Only a two count, though. Two. And Belair's in serious trouble. Basler has had the fight take to her in this match. She's been an impressive outing by Bianca Belair. Well, the arm might be broken, but the spirit's not. She responds with a forearm to Basler. <laughs> Now both women training, but Baszler trying to get a few shots. Oh, a kick to the ribs from Baszler. Oh, and Belair's not even close with her right hands. Baszler with a left-right kick combo. He's looking for the knee again, but Belair with a whip of the hair. And it's all legal. God. <laughs> Sounded like a gun going off. 
I think the referee wants to check that hair to make sure it's not loaded with some weights and a fucking whip. Right, a kendo uh, stick weaved into it. Honestly, well, that's what it sounded like. And look at the scar, the cut. Fucking cup. hell. And now Belair, looking to put Baser away. Looking for the double chicken wing, but Baser rolls through. Oh, fucking hell. Referee knocked down, just cut. And I said, don't usually see any shenanigans, but ref's down. Baser's got the hair of Belair. The forearm to the face. And Belair's got Baszler. Looking for the KOD to finish it. Gets it. And we got a new champ. But the referee One, two, can't three. see it. And that would have been a three. And Belair's undefeated. Would have had the win. And Belair so frustrated. Just card down. But it's not her fault. She doesn't know whether to keep the pressure on Baszler or try and revive the referee. Oh, and look who it is. It's Marina Shafir. But gets caught with a spear. And now here comes Jasmine Duke. Again, gets picked up and slammed on Jasmine Duke. Or on Marina Shafir. And what the fuck is this, Dan? You said... And now back in the ring, but Baszler managing to roll her through... Kirifuga clutch locked in. Referee's recovering and Belair is fading fast. And Belair might not tap out, but her oxygen is leaving her body. And the fans booing. This is bullshit. This is this real bullshit. Is bullshit. And the fans want Belair to get her back and recover. Oh, she's managing to make her way up to her feet. Oh my god, fair play to Belair. Showing her strength. Can she get to the ropes? She's turning it. Spam Basil around. And now using her strength to suplex Basil. Fucking hell. Well, I didn't think that was going to happen. This ain't so much bullshit. Fair play to Bianca Belair. Basil is busted open from her hair with those... Are we going to see a new NXT Women's Champion? Where's the O'Shirai and Kari not like, don't like Bianca Belair because well, she's Well, uh, to be fair, Bianca Belair took quite care... Oh, I was just about to say, took care of Jasmine Duke and Rina Shafir. She kicked him into her. Now she might be going up for that 450 she loves using. And everything on the line. Here she comes! Oh, but gets caught into the Kirifuga clutch. Oh, my God. Kirifuga clutch in... And again, thanks to outside interference, this is kind of spitting image of what we saw the Kari Sane match. And Belair's trying to fight this. Now she's trying to make her way back up to her feet again to try and get some separation. But would it work twice in a row? No, Bianca Belair is fading. She's giving it her all. She's giving it all she's got, Captain. She's going. But I think the pressure's just too oh, much. Man. Collapses. He's down. Jessica checking. Basler's squeezing that bit harder. And again. The fans are definitely behind Belair. I uh, just don't think she could take it anymore. No, that is it. And she is out. Don't call me Shirley Nigel McGuinness. Fucking hell, it took long enough. I've got Terminator. So it's over, Dan. Uh, I mean, that ending. I don't know. Again, it's like the unspeakable with women. The fans aren't happy, and 
it's a negative reaction. It's not kind of all boo-hill. It's kind of like, that was bullshit after the referee bump. That doesn't happen in NXT. We don't want to see that. If you can't get the job done, I'm pleased Bianca Belair had a uh, a match-showing performance. And I, I, after that, I want to see a lot more of her and hope she does well now. You know, I, I can see why WWE were quite high on her. What, <clears throat> what are your thoughts? You can see why I said, you know, she was... So what do you think of the match? Um, well, I didn't think it was a bad match until the end. The ref bump and everything that followed that was just complete bullshit. And then it gives you a bit of hope thinking, oh yeah, look, she's managed to get out of the Kirifuga clutch into it again. Which, you know, and fair play to Belair. She gave her all. And I think, you know, um, what uh, what Shayna Baszler's doing for this title, it's it's not good. No, and we hope the women's division can improve. And that means we both get another point and we go to three all on our fourth match. Will we go different main event? We've gone the same so far. It should be up next. It should be a cracking match as well. And who's in the crowd, Dan? Velveteen Dream is with his uh, couple of ladies by his side. Well, let's not forget that he came close, but Chumper beat him at the last takeover. So I wonder if he'll have eyes on the main event, which is now for the NXT Championship. It's Tomasa Chumper versus Alistair Black, and the time is now. There's a little quote. The title doesn't make the man. The man makes the title, and Alistair Black, I let you know back in July. In your case, I feel like the title does indeed make Alistair Black. But ever since... The scourge of NXT is now the NXT champion. Ever since Tommaso Ciampa wrapped his arms around Goldie, it's the man who makes the title. And NXT is now the A-Show because I just happen to be the greatest sports entertainer of all time. Why can't anybody dethrone Ciampa? Because I want it more than everybody. It takes a certain kind of man to scratch and claw and climb his way to the tippity top of the mountain. But it takes an entirely different kind of man to build his damn nest there and call it home. And that's the kind of man you're looking at. I look at the person who took that title. Let that breathe. I was down in an abyss, and I had to climb out of that abyss. It made me very, very angry. And whereas a lot of good men out there that get lost in the frenzy of their rage, I projected in a single stream of focus and concentration, and eventually apply it to my enemies. Oh, that ominous chord can mean only one thing. The Devil's Envoy, Alistair Black, is here. I stood toe-to-toe with Johnny Gargano, and I absolved him from his sins that you created, Puppet Master. 
think it's been a great build to this match you know it kind of stems from the who done it and you've had chomper kind of puppet mastery there you know kind of uh throwing shade over it putting the blame onto gagano so ali b's been kind of targeting johnny gagano over what's happened he absolved him of him sins but ali wasn't done there because chomper again with his puppet mastery said, you know, why don't you have a match inside a cage? They did. Chomper made his presence felt. Kicked Alistair in the heads alongside Johnny Gagano doing their old DIY finisher. Um, and kind of kept himself out of the limelight. He's had a very, very good title defence against Velveteen Dream. And I think he's just been an absolutely great NXT champion. Yeah, it's been fantastic. You know, Alistair Black... He's just so cool. He can come in here and, uh, you know, that kind of character. You just get behind him straight away. But if you look at Chumper and how they built him up, this is how you build up a proper heel wrestler. This is how, you know, the proper master manipulator. It's It's been fantastic. And everything that he's accomplished being NXT champion. And like I said, long it may continue in 2019. But tonight, Alistair Black has vowed that it will fade to Black, so we're going to fight. And he's uh, promised to absolve Chomper. So, James, without further ado, have we got nine predictions the same in a row? Who have you gone for in the main event? I have gone for in this one, Tommaso Chomper in this match. You can yep. see it right there. Uh, I've gone Chomper. Dan, who have you gone for in this one? I oh. too have gone for Chomper. So, James, it does mean one thing. Win, lose or draw in this match, you have got your first pay-per-view point of the year. He's on the boards. Yeah, wrong at Blackpool, but right in Phoenix. And I do love the USA takeovers. What a great way to start. Point a piece. So that would be 2-1 on NXT. But, of course, we've got one coming up in April. And goodness knows when we'll have the NXT UK version. But tonight, focus on the American. And it's the NXT Championship. And Alistair Black 
and Jumper after a, an awesome promo video as well. I'm sure the entrances will be even better. And Jumper. So Jumper has been champion for 184 days, and it feels like it has just flown by. It really has. It's incredible when you think about it, he's held out that long. And what great matches he's had, you know, against Gagano, against Velveteen Dream, and now tonight against Alistair Black. And the crowd are on their feet for Alistair Black's awe-inspiring, entr- awe-inspiring entrance. And so the crowd are on their feet for Alistair Black's awe-inspiring. And as he rises from the smoke... Is it in your top five entrances, Alistair Black? I have to say it is, yeah. Because, you know, I thoroughly enjoy it with the smoke. I know it kind of takes away a little bit of it, not having pyros, but, you know, the smoke just filling the arena and just him rising to his feet. It is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, the Untaker didn't need pyro when he came out, and I think the smoke kind of adds to it. Much like Ricochet with the lasers as well, it's what you can do if not using that. And he comes out here, and like I said, the fans firmly... Behind him. And amongst all other things, he gets to bang Zelina Vega. Well, Alistair Black's here and he sits where he wants. He's waiting. And you can hear the life support machine going off. And Tommaso Ciampa, the NXT champion, is coming out here. The most hated man in WWE. The most despised hill. Yes, I think that'd be perfect, yeah. Unless you're talking about Adam Cole, of course. But it's the whole character. So yeah, I know, but it's like the whole character though with Champa. Um, you know, even coming out way clutching his belt. You know, uh, sorry, not belt. Clutching the NXT Championship. You know, he, he never breaks character, and he like I said the puff master as well. It's just it's been brilliant by Champa, and Black realizing that Champa's going to come up near him. Or coming from behind, and Champa always comes from behind. He just gives his title a kiss. He just he still can't believe he's holding on to it. He doesn't kiss the title belt. He kisses his nameplate, though, which is a good, you know, a nice little touch to it. And uh, he's embraced his goldie because he's got gold trunks, gold knee pads, and gold boots. He's dressed as champ, but the challenger in the corner is ready to reclaim what he thinks is his NXT title back. Well, he was screwed out of it, and he hasn't had a chance to regain it since. How did he lose that? Uh, Johnny Gagano coming in, ripping the bat out of Chomper's hands, accidentally hitting Alistair Black. I think we might have gone wrong in this now. Do you know why? Why? Well, because like you see, Alistair Black's a harbinger of things to come. Now, when you think about how he lost his NXT Championship, it was thanks to Johnny Gagano with Chomper being involved when Gagano accidentally, you know, the title slipped from his hand. And then look what happened since then with Chumper being taken uh, by with Black being taken out by Gagano, he came back, didn't he, and beat Gagano, took him out, and finished basically what was that. Moved on to Chumper, so if he's taken him one at a time, takes out Chumper. Not only that, but reclaims his NXT title. He's absolutely like you said. He's um, was it absolved his sins? I think absolved him of his sins. He's absolved him of his sins and won back his NXT championship. So I think it'd be a perfect way of doing it. Whether they will or whether, like I said, we might see Johnny Gagano. Both men immediately knock up, fall to the outside and stick a cock in his mouth. No, stop it now. No, you stop it. Both immediately lock up, fall to the outside and then look at each other, go back in. And now it's Black taking Chomper down. And a very good bit of chain wrestling from these two guys. Chomper's kind of got the moment. I think he's kneeling on Alistair's hair. 
stopping him from getting up now. He stands on it as well. That is great heel work or footwork from the Chomper. And now Chomper, Irish whipping black in the corner, black top of him. No, neither man wants to make a mistake early on. Black... Side headlock, black goes for a cover, but immediately Chomper kicking out. Ah. And again takes him down, side headlock, and keeping him out at the moment. Now Chomper's trying to get a knee brace. He missed so much action. Now he's come back, defending every takeover. He's been champ, and he's got black on his back. Back body drop by black, and a, just a lovely headlock takedown there. Well, it's slow to start. Chumper's back to him in the corner, but now first shot really fired. Chumper going for shot, black blocks. Now the shots to the face, but all shots midsection. Now going to go Irish whip. Black managing to roll over, lands on his feet. Ducking an elbow shot and hitting a couple of kicks on Chomper, who rolls to the outside. Black's looking to go flying. Nope, Springboard's off the second rope, lands on his feet. Ducks a kick from Chomper, blocks a punch. But Chomper ducking a kick of his own. And look at the story told already. Alistair Black looking down on Chomper. <laughs> and he just sits where he wants, opposite Chomper, looking him dead in the eyes. But Chomper responds with a knee to the head. Or maybe playing possum a little bit there. Hello, possums! And now Chomper is in control of this match. It's the keys to victory here. I mean, Chomper's game plan at the moment. He's got to stop the black attack. But the problem with black... Oh, my word. Bouncing the ropes and out of it. Throws Chomper to the outside. Chomper's back up on the apron. Ali grabs out of his head. Chomper's going to go flying. Oh, oh. Palancha over the top rope. And that was beautiful there. And then he throws Chumper in, but he's feeling that left leg a little bit. Chumper with a shot, but gets blocked by Black, who's great with strike elbow, takes him down with the kicks, and then a drop kick to the face. Well, Alistair Black's got to be Alistair Black in this one to get the job done. That means a Black Mass kick to Chumper in the middle of the ring. And with Chumper, we saw a Dark Gagano took it earlier. Well, Chumper's mind's behind it all, so God knows what he's got in store to keep hold of his title. Indeed, yes, and, uh, you know, as we say, here's the puff still pulling Johnny's strings. Oh, nice by there. Nice by Black. Drop kick and a nip up. Now Springboard off the second. Goes for the cover, but only getting a two count. Two. So every match that you've gone first on predictions, if the title changes hands here, old Chumper attempts to throw Black into the steps, but gets caught with a back elbow. Oh, looking for a boot to the chest, but Chopper grabs hold of the foot, sends it into the stairs, and then throws him into the opposite stairs. Well, you saw the leg on the landing there, and it just got a whole lot worse into those stairs, and Chumper must have saw that and then planned the assault. You can't hit a black mass kick. Oh, on one leg. Oh, and a suplex sending the back of Ali's legs into the steel stairs. Huge impact there, and Alistair Black's in serious trouble. And look at Chumper smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette on his gob. He's got a smile on his face because he is being as sick and sadistic as he can be. Well, he when, needs to be. When Alistair Black was injured, I think it was his uh, was it his hamstring that he had surgery on. I believe so. Yes. And of course, the Gagano, the assault that he said. Now come back and Chumper focusing it straight away. Black now rolling, but gets caught by Chumper. 
He's saying he won't quit. He's trying to get that heel hook in. Or Black trying to fight back. But Chumper's catching him at every corner at this moment in time. Hangs him up on that top... Uh, second... Ter- uh, fuck me. Hangs him up on that second rope. He drops the back of the knee to the back of Ali's knee and just straight down to the mat. All the pressure. And now Chumper stomping down on that knee brace right on Alistair Black and then attacking the leg as well. That's very innovative. He had his leg wrapped under the bottom rope, tucked into the second rope and just pulling Ali's arms. All that pressure onto the injured left knee. And he's just saying, or taking a breather, that he is so damn good. To be fair to Chumper... He talks the talk and he walks the walk. 180 days as champ. Plus, he's controlling this match right now. And against the ring post, just punching black. Now, the bad leg right against the ring post is a constant assault. Now he's taking him outside. And I think Jumper's got an idea. He wants to plant him on the announce table. Oh, knee first. Jesus Christ. And then he goes and sits on the announce table, gives himself a clap and a pat on the back. And Chumper's sitting where he wants. And look at Chumper mocking Alistair Black. He's having a nice refreshing zesty beverage. And now Chumper has got the water, but oh! Kicks, gets kicked in the face by Halle B. Spitting that water everywhere, a la Triple H. A la Triple H. I think that bottle got busted as well. With the impact of the kick. And Black trying to do everything he can. He's a one-legged man in a arse kicking contest at the moment so Dan Alistair Black now gets Chumper back in look at put him away no oh Chumper just springs up from his knees and a seated drop kick there back to the injured peg of Ali B and just like that Chumper regains control just where look Black needs five or six moves Chumper just needs one but Ali B's looking to make history tonight become the two time XC champion can you tell me who the other people are who have been two time XC champions um, well, Nakamura. Yeah, Nakamura is one, yeah. Uh, and wasn't it Samoa Joe? Samoa Joe, yeah, because they traded basically the title with each yeah. other. That's incredible, it's only two. Balor only had it once, but that was such a long reign. Uh, the same with the early ones as well. And Ali B, looking for his second here tonight. And, of course, like I said, Chumper with such a long reign now. And now Chumper picking Alistair Black up. Hanging him up in the tree of woe. You just see completely punishing Black. Working on the leg. The fans are happy, but nothing they could do. It's a perfect game plan for Chumper. And Chumper... <laughs> ah, uh, Chumper was perched up on the top rope, looking to take out Black, but he just gets caught in the face of a kick. Both men tumble over the top rope to the way for Finn Mats. A uh, huge impact. How thin are those mats again, Dan? Mere millimetres thick. And, oh, my God. Huge impact. We saw the impact of the concrete earlier. Both men fall. And now it's Black's chance to get back into it. And Chumper now going to go for that leg. And Black trying to block it. Well, he's got amazing arms as well as his great legs. So you can't count Ali B out just yet. And a huge need to Chumper. I think knocked him off. But no, can't suplex him on that leg, can Ali B? Chumper sweeping the legs. But Black catching him with a right kick. Right to the jaw. Both men back up. And oh, Chumper went for a clothesline. Black with a spinning heel kick. And now a forearm. And Chumper is getting down. And Black's back in this. Yeah, trying to get some momentum. Trying to get some that knee. Catches him straight across the chin with a kick. 
two. Oh. Chomper managing to kick out. Oh. Uh, oh. The only one I can remember. And Black now in the ascendancy. Chomper tries to roll him up though. Black gets showed up at two. Two. And now back to the feet. Chomper trying to suplex Black. Black blocks it. Oh my God. For a spinning heel kick, but a backslide. Pin attempt from Chomper. And now he's looking for the fairy tale ending to Black, but Black lands on his feet. Bad leg and all. Oh, looking for a spinning heel kick, but gets caught from behind because he can't get enough speed behind it. Uh-oh, now it's fairy tale ending, but again Black blocks. Powers him up, but Chomper with a backslide, trying to pull him down. Two. Oh, oh Black mounted Chomper, but only got a two count. Two. And then the arm of Chomper gets kicked away. The other arm does as well. And a German suplex by Black goes for the cover. But, oh, Jumper again gets the shoulder off at two. Two. Black couldn't fully extend himself because of the injured leg. You saw it hanging in midair. Jumper's down. And as the Black looking, the Galaxy Champions look to pick him up. But, oh, he can't with a bad leg. And, Alistair, uh, and then Jumper got to his feet. Dragon screw. And now right into the half Boston Crab. He's got it in deep, sitting back on it, and Black struggling to get to that bottom rope. Well, Chomper just dragging him back to the centre of the ring. Black managing to roll through. Kicks Chomper off. But can't keep it away for long. Chomper now clubbing blows. Palm strike to the chest. And now he's got the crab locked in on Chomper on his bad knee. Well, payback's a you-know-what, and he's got him in trouble. Chomper now on the apron, trying to get away from Black, and Black knocks him down. Is Black going to risk it by going flying? Springboards over the top, but Chomper runs round. Black looking for him, but Chomper too quick. Oh, my God. Now he's got Black Tower. London! And he just dropped Black down all the way to the apron. Rolls him into the middle of the ring. One, two. Oh, but Black just managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. knee, the knee brace to the face. Oh, oh, Black Man's going to kick out. Uh, are you saying the difference between Chomper and Gagano? When Gagano hits that knee, they fall to the outside. When Chomper hits it, they roll back in. <laughs> we see a replay of Nigel McGuinness, former finisher. Yes, James, I used to love using that finisher, but unfortunately my career got cut just too short. He will be missed. Oh, look at Chomper now. Smirking, picking Black up with the foot a la... Black mass kick, but oh, Alistair Black with a knee to the face of Chumper. Who responds in kind. Chumper's out on his feet. Black's out on his back. And it's who hits the first offensive move. Probably going to win this. These two men entwined at the moment. Black using Chumper to get to his feet. Who strikes him in the jaw of a huge forearm. Follows it up with a second. And now Yane punches, or Yane forearms even. And this is for the grandest prize in NXT. This is what everyone is fighting for. That's an absolute slugfest as both men just wailing away at each other. And who's getting the advantage? Maybe Black goes for the kick. Jumper blocks. Now boots to the face. Black responds in kind. Jumper goes down, rolls Black up. One, two. Oh, Oh, Black just managing to escape. Oh, and now trying to roll up Black, but he turns around into a cover. Jumper rolls him through. But both men only getting two. Two, two. Now clothesline blocked and Black with a kick. Again, it hurts, but he's going to try. And Chomper turns Black inside out of a clothesline. And now this could be it. 
Knee. Looking for the DIY finisher. Gets caught by Black, who sweeps the standing leg. Oh, and now as to Black, exposing his knee himself. Oh, my God. Double foot stomp to the chest. And now can he pick Chumper up? He can. No, leg gives out for him. Catches the leg of Chumper, though. Oh, a huge knee to the back of the head. Exposed knee to the head. Gets thrown in and Black nearly slipping on the water. He spilt earlier. And that gives Chumper enough time to hit. Fairy tale ending. And this could be it. One, two. two. Oh, oh, but Black getting the shoulder up at two. Two. I tell you what, if they planned that water spot for that now and then later, that is brilliant storytelling in yeah. itself as well. That one little mistake you said about Gagano being out here maybe causing it. He could have slipped up literally then. And Chump is thinking, what's he going to do to put him away? Well, if you've got a bad knee and you're slipping a bit of water, that's just going to aggravate it further. Now Chump is wondering, what should I do take it to that next level? What did Gagano do earlier? He exposed the floor. And it looks like Chumper is going to do exactly the same thing as earlier. In exactly the same place as well. To retain the championship. Well, it worked for Johnny Gargano. Will it work for Chumper? Well, he's got us the black on the outside, on the apron, discussing the referee. And Chumper's up, and so is Black. Oh, hits Chumper with the knee from the apron. But I think he's done just as much damage to Black. Both down on the concrete, the back of Chumper's head, and Alistair Black's legs. He throws Chumper in, though. And he's looking. This Black Mass kick. This is it. And if we can cover him, it's all over. Bad leg and all. Getting into position. Oh, but again, Chompa managing to roll over to his stomach. I think we saw this against Velveteen Dream. Well, it's, I don't know if it's inbuilt in him or if he's trained it. It's absolute genius and black. Wondering what to do now. He hasn't got enough energy to roll him across. And that knocked Chompa out. And now both men back to back like an old western... Now walk the ten paces and finish each other's off. And as to Black, is he going to end this? Are we going to see a new NXT champion? Oh, oh Chumper pulls, feigns the referee and Black stops in his tracks. Oh my God, went for the knee but was dodged. And now Chumper... Oh, Chumper with a draping DDT. Straight into the fairy tale ending. Oh my God. He's going to kick out. It happened so quick. Oh! But Black just managing to kick out. Ah, That happened so quick just then. And it wasn't a fairy tale ending Chomper was after. Is this turning into a nightmare for Tommaso? Can he get out of here as champion? He's giving his best shot. He's going for another fairy tale ending. Hits it. Third time. No. No. Keeps his hands locked in. He's not finished yet, and Black, near enough dead weight. But Black's got enough to reverse it. Kick to the head. Tries oh, to go Black Mass, but didn't have knee enough. gave away. Fairy tale ending again. 
And Chumper goes for the cover. One, two, three. And still your NXT champion, Tommaso Chumper. My God. Finishes there. Dan, what did you think of the match? I thought it was a good match, you know. You can't really compare it to the slow burn, oh, to the high match. You can't really compare it to the uh, Gagano-Ricochet match because that was just fast-paced, straight off the bat. This was more of a technical intelligence game, like a game of chess. You know, a, a game of one-upmanship. And again, you know, they're telling an absolutely great story and you can see how the worlds of Chomper and Gagano are still colliding because... You know that Chomper was watching Gagano's match and he's seen what was successful for him as well. And, you know, it took an absolute lot to take Alistair Black out as well. Do you think we're going to see Gagano coming out in a second, both their titles next to each other? You know, I mean, we'll get on to that in a second. The match itself was a story told. It was quite slow in some places, you know, working on a leg. Alistair Black went down, you know, with a fight, much like Ricochet earlier. But again, I'm surprised that the you know the two main hills basically won here tonight. But a great effort. I mean, we will go through the card um, thoroughly in a minute. But we should say after that, we both get another point. We get four out of five. Only the ricochet match that we both got wrong, and of course that means we both get a point now. And yes, two one on NXTs. But there's a lot more NXTs to come. Uh, and for a look at the card, we'll just look back at Chumper and Black as they're play, replaying the ending. And he did hit Black Mass kick and Chumper was out. But again, I don't know if it was old school, old school type of training. But fell, you know, on his side in the end. And then get the referee anyway, trying to low blow. Black blocking it. Alright, so let's look back at the card then. So the first match, Dan, it was War Raiders versus the Undisputed Era. A brilliant, very high impact match. And, you know, straight off the bat, it was a war... During the match, I was saying that, you know, the kind of allowance of letting them in the ring, it was kind of hampering the match. But I think that actually brought something to the match on retrospective. And I thought it was an absolutely brilliant match. And, you know, from start to finish, everything was on point. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I thought the entrance and the start of it was a bit slow for them to actually come out and make their way to the ring. But I always complain that it and it, takeover doesn't have the big enough feel and yet they gave it a kind of WrestleMania style entrance which I like panicking then that oh they're giving them a big entrance maybe they won't get the victory but you know what a fantastic match and credit does go to O'Reilly and, uh, and Strong for being such a great tag team it looked great you know uh, the, the match Hanson looked fantastic Rowley all looked like winners I'd love to see it again down the line it really really delivered what a cracking way to open a takeover what a response it's almost like they watched the UK one it's like right how do we respond to that that's how you do a tag team match fantastic what was your score out of five for that well uh, the old me would have gone for five but the new more lenient more strict me has given it a four and three quarters four and three quarters and nearly a five match but just a missing maybe a little bit our next match is Cassiano versus Matt Riddle and to be fair this match wasn't too bad I mean it was good stuff really uh, working on the exposed leg I think that we've moaned about kind of um, that's what Ono took advantage of you know what did you score that oh, first match uh, I scored that match four and a half out of five I thought it was a great match but uh, I can't get it it wasn't five it wasn't perfect but it was a, a, a tag team match. It's a, one of the best tag team matches we've seen in recent times. 
I would compare it to the Mustache Mountain vs. Undisputed Era match as how good it was, you know. If you're looking at tag team wrestling single match in, in one-off matches, then I think NXT takes it. Uh, Ono and Riddle, really, really uh, good stuff. Really enjoyed it. Like the strikes, everything we didn't like about Riddle, he, you know, Ono worked on. Ono looked good, even in defeat. And the suplex by Riddle at the end, twisting Rid- uh, Ono up, uh, was fun. And also the, the submission, uh, the, the, the kind of tap at the end by strikes. It's something new that we're seeing. I should have said bonus point for it, shouldn't I? Oh, well, as we're kind of wrapping up this pay-per-view... Johnny comes out dra- dragging his Goldie. Tommaso's there with his Goldie. So uh, what are the former DIY brothers going to do? Well, they're thinking maybe we need another title belt to bring this home. But they're both champions now as we end NXT TakeOver. With both men lifting their championships. DIY are the winners at the moment. What a story this is, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed, yes. And it's all Tommaso Ciampa's planning. What a genius Ciampa is. Uh, yeah, I, I really like Ono and Riddle. Uh, it did bore me. It was over before too long as well. What were your thoughts on that match? Well, it was a lot better than I expected. A very innovative finish. But I think... Riddle needs victories over better opponents if you're going to take him seriously. Yeah, I think without doubt, you know, I think there's definitely more people out there that he needs to face. Uh, but at this moment in time, I think it's good enough for him. It's a good way to get him over. Uh, and we'll see what happens, you know, in, in the weeks to come with Riddle. What did you, uh, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Yeah, I too scored that a three and a half out of five. Up next, Agarlo versus Ricochet. Dan, I'll let you, do, I'll let you go first. It was an absolutely amazing match from start to finish. Just the feeling out and how they was kind of chain start. And, uh, you know, you get the higher spots. And then Johnny Gagano, you see his like, inner battle with his demons. Oh, shall I do it? And then, you know, Ricochet saying, look, what Johnny am I going to get? Am I going to get the cheating, yeah. badass Johnny? Or am I going to get Johnny wrestling, Johnny takeover? And, you know, the storytelling was absolutely spot on. There was some amazing spots throughout the match as well, which, you know, was just absolutely awe-inspiring. Yeah, I mean, the reverse hurricane run on the outside, you know, all, all, all the kind of early stuff where they were exchanging, Ricochet's power moves. Uh, and then the ended as well, which was, you know, shocking when you see it with the concrete exposed. You could kind of go into that dark place. It hit every single spot. And it will be on my match of the year candidates, you know, at the end. It was fantastic. And we, we thought the tag team match was good. This really took it up. That next step. Uh, what did you give it out of five? I gave that a 5.5. Five. Well, there we go. I think that's your first ever 5.5. Then we had... I, I gave it a 5 out of 5 as well. I've got to give it a 5 out of 5. I gave it a 5 out of 5. I mean, it was a perfect match. It was fantastic. I'll probably watch it again in a couple of days' time. And then we had uh, Bianca Belair versus Basler. Uh, not a bad match for what it was. I was worried about it. I think my worries were confirmed. And a horrible ending with referee bump. That doesn't happen. Uh, and the Shafir and Duke getting involved. I, I really disliked that. What were your thoughts on the match? Well, yeah, you know, I agree with you. It wasn't a bad match until the end. And that was absolute bollocks. It makes, again, it makes Basil look weak. It makes uh, Bel Air look like a complete dumbass for kind of falling into the trap and 
you know, just getting suckered in by it. And, yeah, I just think it is a completely pathetic way to do it. Yeah, no, it's awful, awful. I hated it. And you can see the fans booing as well. And it wasn't kind of like, oh, we're, we're, we're not happy. It was like, this is awful. We're not going to watch again. And they have to do a lot for the NXT Women's Division. I hope a lot of talent from May Young Classic can come in and revive the division. Even if it means bringing Tony Storm, Ray Ripley and others in, in that way, then they need to sort it out soon. I'm not happy with it. EO Shy and Kyrie saying you are hopefully the saviours to the division in the year to come. Uh, I gave that a three out of five. Dan, what did you give it? I gave that a two and a half out of five. I probably would have given it a three, maybe a three and a half if it had have ended a bit better. I know they're trying to kind of protect the undefeated Bianca Belair, but, you know, just doing it like that, do it the way they've done Nikki Cross. Yeah, you but know, then again, a... then again, I, I, got, I think I gave it a three because of Bianca Belair's performance and I weren't sure. I think she, she proved something in that match that she can maybe have good matches against better opponents as well in the future. So, you know, I, I think fair play to Belair to give that and Baz Lewis all right. But it's the same old shit every match, and we're not going to take it for too long. And then the main event, Ali B versus Chumper. What are your final thoughts on that now? That was, again, a very, very good match. Brilliant storytelling again. Um, you know, they kind of started off a bit of a slow burner, this one. You know, it kind of built into the match. And you can see how Chumper has kind of turned it up a gear. He is relentless. He is ruthless. He just targets a body, body part. Goes after it and just completely... Pu- Chumper, again, he keeps raising in my estimation. And, you know, even in defeat, Ali looked very strong. It took, like, four, five fairy tale endings to kind of put him out. Um, you know, what is next for Ali B now, though? Ali B, I mean, it must be now moved to the main roster. So he probably will be in the Royal Rumble. And he probably... He was in the Royal Rumble... But he wasn't in the Royal Rumble, so we don't know what could happen. So we know what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, for me, though, I've got to give that, uh, like you said, slow start, uh, but did tell a story, and you get emotionally involved, and even the fans did, with, you know, the kind of, the jumper and Ali Bean, what they were doing. Maybe I was expecting a little bit more from the match, but still, I think it was very, very good. I gave it a four out of five. You? I gave that a 4.25 out of 5. I think it was better than a 4 out of 5, but not quite a 4.5 out so of 5. So you've had a 4.25, a 4.7.5, and a 5.5 in this one. Yes. The only one I want left for you is your pay-per-view rating. I already know your match of the night, which is Ricochet versus Gagano. Same as mine. What's your rating out of 10? Um, they kind of used the filler matches in the correct positions. They started off strong. Middle was very strong. Ended strong. I'm going to have to give that. The middle was great and the ending was very good as well. And kind of like the closing sequence as well as they're both coming out, holding their belts high above their head. I'm going to have to give this a 9 out of it. Uh, no, it was a brilliant pay-per-view for those three matches alone. But even then, oh no, a riddle is worth it. And it's only the real end of Bianca Belair and Basler. So you can go out and make some toast and make a cup of tea whilst, you know, that's on, whoever it is. And no, not just because it's a woman, because it was the worst match on the show. Uh, But where does NXT go from here? Well, we'll find out right now.
So it's the end of NXT TakeOver Phoenix. We've just seen the event. Now we're going to move on and wrap up the week that was. And we're going to start off with news. News. And WWE announced that Halftime Heat is coming back with a six-man tag team match featuring NXT. The six-man tag match will have Ali B, Ricochet and Velveteen Dream taking on Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gagano and Adam Cole. All of whom were involved in the big brawl last night. After NXT TakeOver Phoenix went off the air. Yeah, Arno and Chump with the title belts. And then, of course, uh, people taking umbrage with that. Alistair Black, Ricochet and Adam Cole with the Velveteen Dream. Triple H couldn't control them uh, backstage, so made this match. Halftime Heat will air on the WWE Network, WWE.com, YouTube, and all other WWE social media accounts during the Super Bowl halftime, which, as we release this, will be later tonight. The special broadcast coincides with the 20-year anniversary of WWE's inaugural Halftime Heat, which aired on January 31st, 1999. On that day, WWE's Sunday Night Heat program aired during the Super Bowl 33 mm-hmm. in 99 on USA Network named Halftime Heat. The pre-taped special featured The Rock defending the WWE title against Mankind in an empty arena match. And if you go to our last episode of WWE versus WWE for January, we watch that match with Mankind winning the WWE Championship. And WWE Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels, now a trainer at the WWE Performance Centre, and one of the key men helping run NXT, will be doing commentary for this match. And we will bring you the match on the WNR for February, and that will lead us into our NXT up to the month. With a tear in my eye. Well, WWE released some amazing footage of backstage interaction between real-life couple former NXT North American champion Ricochet and NXT's Casey Cantazaro, where Ricochet was always brought to tears in what is just the sweetest thing. That's why I like it. Well, in case you didn't know, Ricochet and Johnny Gagano had an absolute classic at NXT TakeOver Phoenix for the North American Championship, with Ricochet coming up short, leading to Gagano picking up his first Singles. And when you say it's his first singles title and Gagano's been around for that long, that's pretty amazing. But that wasn't the most emotional thing to happen to Ricochet this weekend, although his real-life partner, Kanti Kansasawa, made her main roster debut in the Women's Royal Rumble and an amazing moment on the show. That The WWE Performance Centre Twitter released the footage of Ricochet congratulating Kansasawa for her Rumble performance and the one and only is forced to choke back seeing his one and only, see what I did there, perform yeah and if anybody don't know what she did uh she was basically hanging on to the ring post wasn't she um, it was more of amazing than that actually it doesn't do it well credit. she got eliminated uh well didn't get eliminated i think she landed on her back both her feet didn't touch the ground she managed to walk backwards up uh feet first up the barricade handstand walk all the way to the ring post wrap her legs round and then get her back into the rumble which was a very innovative way of doing it, especially uh, yeah. as we've seen so many different ways of kind of evading elimination. Yeah. But, you know, notably from uh, Naomi, who's doing it now in the Women's Rumbles. We've seen Johnny Nitro do it, and obviously Kofi Kingston as well. This is that. so many different ways, innovative ways to, to use it in a Royal Rumble. It's still amazing that 30 years later, we're still seeing people like Casey Cesaro coming up with kind of new things and back emotional after watching their Royal Rumble performance. Uh, Kansasawa tells Ricochet she couldn't have done it without him, but he disagrees and tells her that she would have, and she could have done it without him. She responded with, I wouldn't have liked it as much. It was very sweet. 
And you also get Rhea Ripley's incredible cameo in this video. It should not be underestimated either, as the former WWE NXT UK Women's Champ made her feelings about the sweet heartwarming exchange clear on camera. Yeah, so it's a brilliant moment there. Uh, and like I said, Ricochet is in a six-man tag team match taking place during halftime heat with Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black as he uh, goes against Adam Cole, Johnny Gagano and Tommaso Ciampa. Well, Cantazero is still in the early stages of her wrestling career but it's clearly coming on leaps and bounds. Ex- expect big things from her down in NXT, but for now, there's no clear next step for her. Yeah. And we move on to injury. Announced after Raw that she wanted to go surgery for an elbow injury suffered in the Raw Rumble match. With her arm in a sling, the war goddess took part in a backstage interview for WWE's YouTube channel, during which she explained her status. Last year when I entered the Royal Rumble, I wrestled with one arm. This year was no different. Just sadly, I messed up my elbow really bad and now I have to have immediate surgery. It's hard to be here right now and see everyone competing and knowing I'm on the shelf. I don't know how long, but it is a while. I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to stay as positive as I can be in the situation. Situation. So hopefully here's to the best. I'll see you guys soon. She entered the women's Royal Rumble match as the number six participant and lasted over 52 minutes before getting eliminated by the beautiful Alexa Bliss. Yeah, Moon appeared in last year's Rumble as a surprise entrant with her arm wrapped to sell an injury suffered in the NXT Women's Championship defence against Shania Baszler the previous night. The 30-year-old is one of the athletic and explosive women, but she has struggled to find her footing at times on the main roster. She was slated to team with Natalia in an effort to qualify for the Women's Elimination Chamber match to crown the Women's Tag Team Champions, but Dana Brooke replaced her so interesting times now and now the biggest news story of the week down we're on to departures yes and dean ambrose has reportedly informed wwe that he intends to leave the company when his contract expires shortly after wrestlemania 35 in april Apple sources the 33 year old made a company aware of his decision this past weekend the meeting with wwe chairman vince mcmahon Ambrose was reportedly offered a contract extension and a raise weeks ago, but turned it down. The offer was for a new five-year deal that would be worth over $1 million annually. Lunatic Fringe reportedly being frustrated with his creative direction, which is why he was cut, he's cut off negotiations with WWE. Ambrose was eliminated from the Royal Rumble fanfare, which led to him interrupting eventual winner Seth Rollins and Triple H to open Raw. Well, the WrestleMania match between Ambrose and Triple H seemed to be teased before Rollins went on to beat the Lunatic cleanly in a singles match. Ambrose was set to cut a promo afterwards, but he was interrupted by Nia Jax and Tamina, who attacked him before he could. The veteran returned to action in August after missing eight months with an elbow injury. He teamed with Rollins upon returning and even reformed the Shield with Rollins and Reigns briefly before turning heel on the arc. Yeah, and while Ambrose beat Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship at TLC, he dropped it to Bobby Lashley less than one month later in a triple front match that also included Rollins. Well, during his six-plus years on the main roster, Ambrose has held the Intercontinental title three times, tag team titles twice, the US and the WWE titles once each, and also is a Money in the Bank winner. Yeah, so he's done a hell of a lot in the WWE, and if he does opt to leave, he'll be among the hottest free agents in wrestling, and there'll be no shortage of options at his disposal. All Elite Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor, and Impact Wrestling would likely have the heavy interest in the former John Moxley. And fittingly, AEW is holding its double or nothing pay-per-view in Las Vegas on May 25th, which is where Ambos lives with his wife, W announcer Renee Young. Uh, before we move on, we've got an update on that. Will this affect Renee Young as well? Because we've seen sometimes, you know, with couples, that if, if one of them leaves, normally they might not be happy. Renee Young's got in such a great position at the moment. I, I feel 
that hell of a lot if she was to leave. I hope she doesn't. I'm not saying that you have to, but do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you yeah, see Yeah, but you, you know, you've got Mickey James who wrestles in WWE. You've got Nick Aldis who wrestles for Impact yeah, and, yeah. you know, about other places. It does work and you don't have to be, you know, by your partner's side in wrestling. Well, let me say this then. I hope it doesn't affect Renault Young, this Dean Ambrose thing at the moment then, or afterwards as well, if it doesn't go right, you know? So, looking at things from Dean Ambrose's position, you, you know, you was part of one of the most dominant stables in WWE for a while. And then, you know, you see Roman Reigns, he's getting push after push after push. You see Seth Rollins, he's getting chance after chance after chance. And even when Seth Rollins turned heel... He generated so much more heat and buzz about him than when Dean Ambrose did. And is that down to Dean Ambrose or is that down to WWE creative? Because Ambrose has not been bringing it these past couple of months. I think that's down to creative because, you know, if you said he had an amazing barn burner against Chris Jericho at Extreme Rules, and, you know, we know he can have great matches. Again, this is something that happened. These matches we talked about are a couple of years ago. Since coming back from injury, have we seen a truly focused and dedicated Ambrose? That TLC match, they could have done a lot more in that. And it's Seth Rollins' fault. It's WWE's fault as well. For If Ambrose has not come out and said, I want to be this kind of character, this kind of hill, and get myself over, and they've given him uh, things to work with, that's why it's not working. If he's unhappy with that, then yes, go away by all means. Work on a character yourself. But, I mean, he should be more of a Tommaso Ciampa. And at the moment, he's turned into more of a Mojo Rawley type. Hero. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like, I mean, there's a lot of arguments. I know Ambrose is one of your favourites. But uh, after this shock report um, came out, it was backed up by officials by WWE just hours before SmackDown Live were press release stating that Ambrose's real name, Jonathan Good, will be departing the company. Well, WWE hardly ever comes out and tells fans that a wrestler is leaving months before their official departure, but it's likely they did it to stop any more speculation surrounding... Well, it's not the first time the company officials had to respond to similar reports recently, where a spokesperson indicated that last week Ronda Rousey has contracted WWE until 2021 after several outlets reports she'll be departed post-WrestleMania 35. Well, for Ambrose, though, it seems like it's going to be a fresh start at another promotion, or he may even take a break from wrestling... That's if it is all legitimate. Fans are sceptical whether to believe he's actually going, and many thinks, uh, many seem to think that WWE are using their reports as a storyline, but several journalists have backed up the Ambrose departures. But can you really trust what these fucking dirt sheets write? I mean, you know, as soon as any wrestler has been like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit fed up with WWE, right, that's it, they're going to AEW, they're going to there, but... You know, this doesn't need to be about because All Elite Wrestling, it's only been going for, what, two months uh, properly. Yeah. There's always been other outlets for them to go to. There's always been Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact. You know, there's been lot of companies they could have gone to. But I think the thing with this, the Ambrose thing here, is that you're getting it from multiple sources. It's not just, like you said, Dave Meltzer reporting it or one source backstage. A lot of people and you know have, have now commented on the fact that it is, you know, he has rejected the five-year, one million per year deal. And that is a lot of money in very long But if you reject. look at these dirt sheets, one of them gets the story, 15 others absorb to that story, and then, you know, they go to that. You know, one story comes down, filters down to about 15 people who put it into their own wording, slightly differentiates it. Well, like you said, this story is likely to run through until the expiry of his contract. Uh, and, you know, we're going to see what happened on Monday Night Raw and the months and days to come until he leaves WWE for good. But some of Dean Ambrose's peers in WWE reported believe he announced departure for the company is part of the storyline. But then, you know, you go on to that Hideo Itami. You know, he's announced to be leaving. 
And about, you know, thanks for the memories today. None of them have done that with Dean Ambrose. And it can't be because they don't like him. But it's because, you know, it, it could potentially be a work. I'm not saying it is. But there's more chance of the Dean Ambrose story being a work than the Hideo Itami Well, one. the decision is especially surprising since it draws added attention to Ambrose. And this could result in Ambrose becoming an even bigger star now. Like CM Punk. The only other way we can look at this, if you go back to 2011 with CM Punk, whose contract was expiring, that was real. We knew about that. And they made it into a storyline. But one of these things about that is uh, CM Punk didn't sign his contract until the money in the bank paid for you. So he had Vincent Mann over a barrel. That's what we know as facts. Is Dean Ambrose leading Vincent Mann up this path until Wrestlemania where you know if he's facing Triple H he can say to Vince McMahon look I will sign if you give me everything I want will they give Ambrose everything they want will they kind of do that with the fear of AEW and everything else there will, will it happen this is a storyline it's brought interest to it I personally I think we're going to see Dean Ambrose drop out to Nia Jax sooner rather than later and when that happens I think a lot of people say yeah WWE aren't actually going that way but like I said there's a, there's a lot of stories into that um, but Atami is a different story though yes well in WWE's NXT promotion in 2014 he was moved to 205 Live in 2017 but hasn't made much of a splash there either yeah it's been reported that both Atami and Ambrose were upset with their respective creative uh, decisions Atami's departure comes after a request to be released from his contract rumour has it Ru- WWE superstars including Raw Tag Team The Revival also requested release though WWE been eager to hold on to the talent given the rise of AEW Atami has not yet officially received his release but will be receiving one he will be subject to a 90 day no complete cause and is expected to return to Japan. It seems that a few stars are trying to part ways with WWE at the moment, and the company recently issued a statement confirming that Dean Ambrose won't be signing a new contract when his current deal ends in April. Yeah, um, and now, like I said, Atami is officially done uh, after the SmackDown Live tapings. Uh, I mean, Atami signing was pushed as a big deal when he joined the company in 2014, and he went on to compete in the Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania 31 in 2015. However, Itami missed a significant amount of time due to injury from 2015 to 2016, and he struggled to find the same success that some of his peers did in NXT. He joined the 205 Live roster in November of 2017 and has been working as part brand ever since. Yes, and Hido Itami recently changed his social media handles back to Kenta as he posted the following on Twitter. And it basically just said, thank you. And a lot of people, well, I say everybody who's got respect for Hideo Itami, everybody in NXT and 205 Live has said thank you, Kenta, for helping us. You know, everybody that's came through NXT the past couple of years and 205 Live. Yeah, Hideo Itami experiment we talked about, it, it didn't work in WWE. Uh, and is that down to, again, is it down to WWE or down to bad luck? It's just one of these things that it just never really worked out in that way. And let's hope Kenta can have a lot of success in future endeavours. Well, I think it is just down to WWE stockpiling too much talent. And, you know, they they could do with getting rid of a lot of their roster and giving other people chances and, you know, pushing them and see where they go with them as opposed to relying on The Undertaker. You know, no disrespect to him. He's been an amazing performer, but he can't really have barn burners. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Kane, you know. But this has been WWE's problem this past 10 years. You know what I mean? Going back to WrestleMania, you look at the past WrestleManias, you know, bringing people like Batista, Undertaker, Rock back to, to have these matches and not build. The only person they've really built up these past, 
you know, 10, 15 years, you know, Roman Reigns recently before that Cena and Orton, you have to go back to the class of 2002. So, yeah. like I said, and you talk about all the missed talent with mid-carders, people like Car- Carlito, or even Alberto Doria, who's won the Royal Rumble Money in the Bank, not being treated on the same level as a John Cena, and yeah. it just doesn't work out for him, you know? So, there's a lot of problems at the moment. Well, you know, by all means, they should keep a couple of you know, legend status wrestlers, i.e. from the class of 2002, like Orton, you know, he's a solid worker. But he's still being treated as uh, a not, uh, like a kind of main roster type dude, as opposed to a legend, which he should, shouldn't he, you know? Yeah. And, you know, he's not really been one of these ones that's been holding the country to negotiations. Yeah, he's been dealt some bad hands. But, you know, he... He's back and he's even more dangerous than ever. Yeah. And talking of, of, of big stars, well, Brock Lesnar is easily the biggest draw in the WWE and quite possibly in all the pro wrestling right now. The Universal Champion is nearing the end of his current WWE contract and as, specul- uh, and as expected, the speculation regarding his next move dominated pro wrestling news circles. Well, as disclosed on the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, Lesnar began talking to WWE, UFC and AEW more details on his future were also discussed by Dave Meltzer. Well, the emergence of AEW as a legitimate competitor has altered the backstage mood in WWE. Many current WWE superstars have been contemplating leaving the company in favour of big money contracts after being offered by the Cody Rose-led promotions. Like we said, AEW's already signed Chris Jericho. A recent release revealed that his AEW deal is better than all the ones during this time with WWE. Every single one of them, it's better now. So that shows the kind of money that you got there. Yeah, but would you... Honestly, Jericho in such high regards as being worthy of, you know, being paid more than all his contracts that he was offered in WWE. Yeah, maybe, you know, early on to his, up to about 2006. But since then, he's not really been... No, but it's a statement of intent. And if they can get better wrestlers uh, on on that kind of money, even if for a year, it's not self-sustainable, obviously. You know, after a couple of three-year contract with these guys on that amount of money... You know, they're going to be in serious trouble, but they're hoping for the fans coming in, you know, the, the TV deals, the advertising, everything that to make it sufficient afterwards. I think if it's a statement of intent, then it's definitely working. I've never seen the WWE in all my time, you know, ever since I've become a fan, since WSW gone, I've never seen WWE in such what it seems of like kind of. Um, just a bit of a tiz, would it? So a bit of a kind of like. the the. the company now at the moment are saying one thing it seems that the talent are now saying another thing uh and you know there could be a lot of changes in it they do not hold all the cards now and even with AEW even if it's only for the next couple of years could make huge statements you know well it's you know it's obviously not denying that since the decline of WCW when you know arguably WWE have had their best storylines and they've dotted it in with a few of their best matches you know, WWE hasn't, they've just been coasting. Yeah. They haven't had a legitimate threat. And, you know, no disrespect to TNA, Impact, you know, Ring of Honor. That It's not down to them. It's down to WWE just, I don't know. They've they've been pushing the wrong people. They've been holding back the wrong people. And they've kind of got things. Yeah. I mean, in... they've had Brock Lesnar as their, their, their champion for the past basically five, six years now. It's been the yeah. same thing. It's been, you know, uh, you see uh, Paul Heyman coming out. And, and, and talking about the kind of the new number one contender who vows to kind of beat Brock Lesnar. You see the altercation between the challenger and Brock Lesnar, where Brock Lesnar kind of beats him up, gets gets over in him. And then the next week, Heyman comes out and says, well, actually, the number one contender might have a chance. And then the last week before the pay-per-view, the number one contender 
gets one up on Lesnar and you think it might happen, you know, uh, and then the match Lesnar retains. And I could be talking about Finn Balor, I could talk about CM Punk, I could be talking about Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman. It's the same thing and yeah. I think fans are getting bored of it. And I don't know if AEW offering Brock Lesnar a contract is going to be the best idea, you know. Like I said, Dave Meltzer. For... Is that for Brock Lesnar or for AEW? Well, this is the thing. I think it's for AEW because uh, Paul Heyman has now said that they're going to have a big three-way dance between AEW, WWE and UFC. Now, Vincent Mann's going to push the boat out, but I don't think fans are watching Raw because of Brock Lesnar. I think it's the opposite now. I think he's having a kind of negative effect. If Brock Lesnar was to leave WWE, then you would have the same problems in AEW. Like, if Lesnar was to face Jericho coming up, you know Lesnar would be going over. Simple. But then... Know? Could they possibly do things different in AEW? I mean, like, you know, treat Brock Lesnar how he should be treated, saying, look, you know, if you're here, you're going to be appearing on our house shows then, then, and then. You're going to be appearing here, and you're going to have to put X over. You're going to have to put Y over. You know, you're not going to be... A pure dominant I know champion. it'd be interesting to see what they do but I think Vincent Mann will pull out all the stops to keep Lesnar but then there's also been rumours that Goldberg's joining all elite, double, yep. all elite wrestling so what are you going to see another fucking Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar match well this is the thing you could say that one thing that is definitely going to happen now is like we said they've got the next press conference coming up in I think February the countdown clock has started on all elite and it's Kenny Omega so he's definitely signing I will say that now confirm Kenny Omega is signing for all elite wrestling uh, so again they're building people will Lesnar go is it a good idea for Brock Lesnar to go there you know let's start again AEW has the money to give Lesnar a better deal than both WWE and USC but will the beast really make the surprising jump to the upstart promotion you know and will it, could it be would it be the big coup in professional wrestling history if it was to happen would it be a level Hogan going to WCW if Lesnar was to leave WWE to go to AEW how big would that be would that be a change then would you be like shit AEW really mean business they've got Lesnar now no I don't think, you know, as you say, it's Brock Lesnar is not the be-all and end-all of WWE wrestling. And like like CM Punk said, you know, if you do love him, you're going to find someone else to love after him. Well, yeah, and this is the thing. And that, but is there anybody then? Has WWE made their brand bigger than any superstar? Is there any superstar that could feasibly go to AEW? Much like you talk about Hogan or something like that could go to AEW and you'd be like oh shit that's the either you, you're going to start watching AEW now or you'd be like that's a huge statement is there anybody now CM Punk if so he no one in WWE though that's, that's, that's what I'm saying so the problem um, with WWE they haven't got anybody like that have they really if Punk was going to AEW I'd definitely watch what about Becky Lynch would she make you be, yeah. sway over to All Elite I think that would Ronda probably, Rousey that would probably be the level now you're looking at you know I don't think there's anything if Nakamura or no offence to Nakamura or no. you know even John Cena now is, is kind well, of John Cena you know, he's he's been a mainstay you know like <laughs> the likes of Cena and Orton from the cast of O2, they're going to be the ones that stay. I don't yeah. know about Batista. Batista could possibly jump over to AEW. Yes, I mean, that'd be interesting to be seeing the problems that he's had with but WWE then, and they're going to treat them. But then, you know, the Cody Rhodes has said he owes to Randy Orton for helping him out in the business. Could Randy Orton potentially, potentially have a swan song over there? I mean, it, it, exactly. And if they're offering the money for him, when their contracts come up, it will definitely be an option to look at. And WWE now can't have kind of carte blanche over the market. They're going to have to kind of pick and choose. They've, they've kind of gone round now... And, um, you know, trying to get AJ Styles to sign a deal with Nakamura and others like this. Are we going to see the panic now setting for WWE and trying to hold down the people? Or is it a chance for them to say, hang on a minute, I'm not going to sign my contract. I want to see what AEW has to offer. Like Lesnar's going to say, yeah. let me see what other people have to say. 
Uh, and then, you know, what you got... Because even if they get an offer, as we said recently, if they get an offer from AEW, then if they show it to Vincent Mann, he can double it. Simple as yeah. that. You but know? then, if... If you're only in it for the money, doesn't that take away from the wrestling part of things? Well, this is the thing. Kevin Nash said that um, he, he had friends and now he just wanted to make money. You know, some people do look at it for money. Maybe people like Dean Ambrose and Punk, it means more to them. They have enough money now to be self-sufficient, so they don't need the WWE. They'd rather be happy in themselves. This is the thing. If if you want to make money at a certain level, but I still think you do need the money. You know, like if you are a huge star... You do deserve to be paid that much as well in that way. It's like football players, isn't yeah. it? You know, you're getting paid three hundred grand a week or whatever it is. Then you're going to be the best of the best. So I would assume Alexis Sanchez. He's not. You know, no, not Alexis <laughs> Sanchez. But I would assume someone like AJ Styles would deserve a better pay structure than he's getting and reduced schedule so he can spend it with his family because he's not. You know, he's in his forties yeah. now as well. So yeah, you know, and if AEW can offer that to him, then AJ Styles might. Say okay, yeah. million dollar question or million pound question, as we are English. Would you happy, happily sacrifice NXT UK and NXT to have a better Raw and SmackDown? Um, probably not, because, like I said, the talent that I like on NXT and NXT UK wouldn't get across on Raw and SmackDown, you know, I don't think. Would be lost in a shuffle, or would come out and have but his I mean, I, in, But you know I, mean, I mean, like, on a reduced, on a reduced roster size, I mean, you cut all the dead weight that isn't pulling it you know maybe one or two stars that would save money and then you could offer you know wrestlers like the incoming Walter that we're seeing Pete Dunne um, you know Mustache Mountain give them a better position you know not necessarily top star positions but fighting their way up to but it but again I think you still run out of space even if they were to get rid of half their roster the, the other half wouldn't be able to fit on Raw and Smackdown every week and I think they're in lies the problem like you said they've stockpiled so much talent they've got four basic companies now that they go around and talk like but, even five you know if you can't do a five live but what do they do on NXT before each main event or pay-per-view you know they could cut down on their pay-per-views I know it won't be in as much revenue but they could spend a week building up the tag team division a week building up the mid-card division a week building up the heavyweight condi- con- in a a week building yeah. up the women's division and then have a pay-per-view every five, six weeks. Exactly. But obviously, it's something WWE will never do. No. Uh, and this, therein lies a problem. If AEW come up with that, then again, you would be more interested in them because they would come up with a concept. For me, it would be if AEW said, right, now again, we're going to do tape each match. We're going to show you exactly what it is, make it more kind of athletic as it is. Uh, we're going to have the kind of ranking system there so every victory makes uh, makes sense. You're going to have number one contenders match. Your champ is going to be there defending kind of each month, uh, every couple of weeks, wherever it is you want to do as well and make it competitive and make sure everybody on the roster has got a reason to be there and a reason to fight. Even if you're getting weight divisions like a cruiserweight or whatever else it is, you've got a division there and everybody's fighting for a reason. There's nobody just having a match for no reason's sake. Is it just because you want to become a champion. And I think WWE, if they were to take that into what they're doing, I think that would make them a lot more successful and bring a lot more eyes to it. And I think SmackDown should be doing that when it comes to Fox anyway, you know. So there's a lot of changes. But anyway, speaking of SmackDown, Dan, uh, what are your thoughts? You watched Raw and SmackDown this week. What do you think? Yeah, it... They've... You know, they came out at the beginning of the year so they're going to change the product for the fans. I don't think that's quite happening, you know. We're getting Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. Yeah, it wasn't a terrible match, but it's just building up Rollins. We've got Nia Jax coming out to attack male wrestlers. You know, what's that all about? Well, it's going to be Nia Jax versus Dean Ambrose with Jax going over Ambrose. I've said that already. Well, yeah, you know, you had Jax and Tamina defeating Alexa Bliss to qualify 
for the women's chamber match. You had Angle versus Baron Corbin. Hmm, I'm sure we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. You know, where Corbin's going over on Angle. Is that a push for Corbin? You've got Finn Balor addressing the universe only to get cut off by Bobby Lashley. Again, something we've seen. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder going against the Revival. You know, Hawkins and Ryder coming back together again. That was a good thing. But, you know, it's the Revival, basically. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and Road Dogg interrupting Elias. Is Elias turning heel? You know, but the only notable thing about that is they started singing with my baby tonight. Uh, you had another women's tag team qualifying match. Dana Brooke and uh, Natalia going against the Riot Squad. The Riot Squad winning. And then you had a Raw Championship match, women's match. Ronda Rousey versus Bailey. Rousey winning. Coming out and saying, I choose you. And Ronda Rousey giving possibly her most realist promo ever I've seen from her. Mm. You know, saying every ring I step into is my home. And you can see that it wasn't as scripted as much as normal Ronda Rousey promos are. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch, that is definitely the main event of WrestleMania. There's no doubt it wouldn't be in the main event of Raw if it wasn't going to be. And I felt sorry for Bailey being sacrificed and with Elias, they do not know what they're doing. Uh, what do you think of SmackDown this week? SmackDown, the woman who closed the show on Raw, opened it on SmackDown and the huge fucking pop that she gets is absolutely fucking brilliant and... Now in WWE, they're going to fuck it up in some way. Now, I had a problem with this, right? I had a problem with Becky Lynch coming out um, because, and I think you'll tell us for the rest of the show, uh, Oscar, who beat Becky Lynch on Sunday, made a tap out, who is the SmackDown Women's Champion, was not on SmackDown at all. She was wrestling in a dark match afterwards. No offence to Becky Lynch, but she was already on Raw. Did we really need it again on SmackDown? Couldn't have Oscar come out and maybe Lynch interrupt her or had something like that to have an opening segment, which is a little bit different. I know Lynch is hot, but one thing about a character, which is always a problem, overexposure. If you have a character for too long, 1998, 1999, Austin yeah. gets used so well where he's maybe in five minutes or wherever is, but the impact he has is rememberable. And if you come out and you're delivering, you know, 15 minute promos from Raw to Raw, not that's not Raw and SmackDown. This is the problem as well. It's a Raw SmackDown, and Lynch is going to be a Raw again. And it's like, oh come on now, you know. Well, is is this kind of bringing Charlotte Flair into the picture? Which is, as I was saying, if WWE can fuck it up, that's how they fuck it up. Yeah. Um, But it was a good segment, Um, and then you had. Kind of the upset of, uh, well, the, not the upset, but the shock of the night. You had our truth coming out saying, look, I got attacked by Nia Jax before my match. And WWE or Vince McMahon has said, look, you know, you can go for the United States Championship. No one and their mother expected our truth mm-hmm. to win. He managed to get a shock victory over Shinsuke Nakamura. Some are saying it is like, a bit controversial, but his shoulders were down for free. He got the victory until the bell rang. Um, that brought out. Rusev, who said, look, you know, you want to put the championship on the line. And R-Truth was like, well, I've just been through a match. And then Carmella and Lana started having a shoving match. That said, look, R-Truth was like, right, I'll put the title on the line. Again, another shock victory. And then you cut to um, Gallows and Anderson in the back with Nakamura saying, look, you know, what he did there was comes along and says, look, I would team with you for one time only. And it's kind Be of like... Be careful. <laughs> and it's kind of like... Um, you know, uh, in Step Brothers, where they were like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. 
and it's you can kind of like see that with Rusev and Nakamura. Is it going to be another un-American style oh, thing? Man. You know, both have been screwed over by the US Championship. But why sacrifice Rusev after Happy Rusev Day? He's a face, and then suddenly you're going to turn him back heel again. It doesn't make kind of any sense. I mean, I know the R Truth thing. He's coming to the end of the career. And he's been a fan of Vincent Man, so this probably is kind of you know last her. Weird R Truth be able to wrestle on SmackDown after being injured by Nia Jax at the Royal Rumble. Apparently hurt his knee and his shoulder. People weren't happy about Nia Jax. I mean, she already did that to Becky Lynch. Uh, now with the United States champion. Indeed, yes. But, you know, as you say, it's. I think it's to reward our truth after he's been in the company for, mm-hmm. what, 20 years? Well, on and off, yeah. I mean, he was at TNA for a, a few years with that. But, yeah, you would say that he's been around uh, a long time now, you know, spent years, and then think that he's done with little Jimmy to, you know, W title runs or the awesome truth. So I think it's quite nice with dance breaking now. He, he gets his opportunity to, you know, he won't be champion come WrestleMania, but it'll be nice along the way, you know. It was, yeah, it was a fun little segment, and it's kind of like a feel-good thing for our truth as well. Uh, I think it's his first singles title in seven years. Yeah, since 2010. Well, oh. might, yeah, his first United States Championship since 2010, and yeah. he <laughs> as well. Uh, the person who was US Champion before him in 2010, Dan? Take a guess. John Cena. <laughs> Bret Hart. <laughs> Don't oh. you love that? Don't you love WWE? <laughs> Bret Hart had beaten the Miz for the United States Championship and then wow. uh, vacated it and our truth had won it. So you kind of go like, you, yeah, you're hoping like a John Morrison or someone young. No, it's Bret Hart back in 2010, yeah. Well, you had... Uh... Andrade and Rey Mysterio again. I know they've has, but it's too much of a good thing going to spoil it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Shane McMahon surprising the Miz in a celebration of their title victory. It was just basically Miz's father. Oh, I did like that. Though, you know, what I mean? proud of his son and the accomplishment. And then Shane announced the fatal four-way elimination match to crown the new number one contenders to the tag team titles. That brought out Sheamus and Cesaro, the Usos, the New Day, and Heavy Machinery in a fatal four-way elimination match. Yeah, Usos got the win, but I find it weird that they use Heavy Machinery as kind of free agent at the moment, as they are, because we've seen them on Raw and on SmackDown. And this led to Sanity tweeting out as well, saying, where is Sanity? Killian Dane, Eric Young, and of course Alexander Wolfe, saying, why are you not using Sanity? Against what you're talking about, too many people on the roster, it's a fatal four-way match, and you can't fit Sanity onto it. And they were one of the best things of NXT these past yeah. you know, couple of years. And you wonder why the revival get pissed off about being yeah. underutilised. But then you see the kind of main event on Raw was Daniel Bryan coming out saying, "Look, you know, all you fans are fickle, and I've revealed a new title made from oak and hemp. No, James, you can't smoke it. It is not that kind of hemp." But Rowan came out and he's got the recycled sign as the, the O there, which I quite like, which is cool. Uh, a bit weird that they were, when they were setting it up. I do like the championship belt. What do you think of the title belt? I think it's good. You know, it is something that WWE have been missing for a while. I think last time they'd done it was over with John Cena and the US title belt. And then he had the WWE championship belt, Spinner Styley. Yeah. So it's been a while since we had a custom one, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I think something like that is good because you've had like the Brahma ball belt, even though you didn't really get much to see it. The Rattlesnake belt. You know, the Ultimate Warrior changing his straps mm-hmm. design, I yeah, think. Does this, does this mean, though, that Brian will have the title for quite a while now, if, considering if he's changed it? We know what happens with custom belts. They won't change it if he's going to lose it at the next pay-for-you. And weirdly enough, that's what that pro- uh, segment was about, Elimination Chamber, wasn't it? It was, yes. And, well, Randy Orton's in the Elimination Chamber, so 
He could win the title about out of nowhere. He he could. Who and else? He likes a bit of hemp. Who else is in there, Dan? Let it doesn't know. matter who else is in there. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter though, is it? Oh, Anyone no. else is irrelevant. Okay, I'll, I'll let no, you know. You have got AJ Styles, no chance. Jeff Hardy, no chance. Ali, no chance. Joe, no hot chance. But I love the fact that stuff Riley's been put in the match. I think I, I really like that. Are we going to see an 054 off the top of a chamber? Well, we, we hope so. And if Joe can be imposing and needs a performance coming up to WrestleMania, it will be his first WrestleMania. I know he's been around, but he's missed the past two. Two. So, so let's hope Joe can have an impact. What happens for the W Championship match at WrestleMania? I'm not sure. But let's, we've got WrestleMania 35 card. Let's try and guess it right now. Uh, so first up, we know the definites. We know it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins because Brock Lesnar F5, Seth Rollins five times on Raw. You know, overexposure again, but still sent a message. So it will be Lesnar versus Rollins for the Universal Championship. I think it's going to be Lynch versus Ronda with no Charlotte. Nice. I think Charlotte's going to be going against Oscar to kind of give Oscar her win back. I would love that, yeah. But Charlotte will beat Oscar at WrestleMania. Obviously she will, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, And then yeah. Charlotte will beat Oscar and then she go into the Lynch versus Ronda Rousey match and win that motherfucker <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm open for that. So that's the women's title matches. You've got, uh, yeah, Lynch, Ronda. You've got Oscar versus Charlotte. Obviously the women's tag team will be on the line. Probably be Banks and Bailey versus uh, Rose and Deville or Shalita involved if they want to put legends in that as well, depending on who wins there. I said definitely it's going to be McIntyre versus Cena. A lot of people are saying it's going to be Strowman involved with McIntyre, but I, I think Strowman's going to go a different way. Well, I think, you know, after Strowman having to get involved, uh, well, uh, Corbin having to get involved in the in the uh, McIntyre versus Strowman match, yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously Drew McIntyre can't do things on his own and he's lined himself with his new friend. Strowman won the uh, Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal. No. Okay, so that might, that might happen this year. Uh, I think Balor will be will be in the kind of title range. Do you know what I mean? He will be fighting maybe even Lashley, wherever it is. Nia Jax will be beating Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania, or maybe even before that. Well, you know? potentially not. You know, it's I, I you you're calling it, but I'm, I I can't really see that. I, I know they've had a bit of interaction between men and women's divisions, but. I think, you know, they're not going to go back to kind of like the Vince McMahon versus Stephanie McMahon matches yeah, they've I had. Know, but are they going to go with Ambrose going against Triple H having a really high-profile WrestleMania match before he leaves and, you know, add something else to well, another company? If they go with that route, Triple H versus Ambrose, can you see Ambrose re-signing depending on how the match goes? Um, no, because that's what made CM Punk leave a WrestleMania match with Triple H. It's weird that both of these men are put in that situation. Situation. Mania. You know, are you happy? And we've only had one walk out and another one saying they're not signing a deal. But (laughs) could you feel he was just on the verge of dropping a punk pipe bomb? If Before they, yes, he was cut off. Maybe. If they let him do that. We'll we'll see what happens. Let's hope so. And then Triple H will be the only man in WWE history to face all three Shield members at WrestleMania. Uh, and then also we've got Miz and Shane. Will it be tag team champions or not? Will it be a single match? Would you rather see them in tag team action or against each other at Mania? I would rather see them not on the card personally. <laughs> uh, I'd rather see a tag team more worthy of it, you know, whether it be the Revival, Sanity, you know, a, a better place tag team than Miz and Shane. I mean, you know, Miz is only there because he's with Shane and Shane's only there because his surname's McMahon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, so. Uh, well, you know, there's there's 
rumours of McIntyre versus Cena. I'd rather see EC3 versus Cena. Kind of the battle of the superhuman powers. You I, know. I think they're not used EC3 at all. I mean, unless he kind of makes a bigger impact this next, you know, month or so. You can kind of look at the talent that they've got and talent they're going to go. You know, you talk about WWE Championship match and over on SmackDown, we've not mentioned it. Maybe it's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe or Mustafa Ali for the W Championship and then Randy Orton and AJ Styles well, for a great match as well. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to say, you know, depending on what happens at Elimination Chamber, I'm thinking that AJ Styles eliminates Orton, Orton KO, gets him eliminated, and then that kind of pushes them towards a WrestleMania match. So you've got AJ Styles yeah. being kept busy at WrestleMania. But right now, there's a real chance, crazy as it sounds, last year at WrestleMania, we had Cedric Alexander for Mustafa Ali Cruiserweight Championship. A year later, Mustafa Ali could be fighting for the W Championship against Daniel Bryan. If they go with a kind of babyface route, could it happen? Quite possibly, but there's not a number one guy at the moment face that you would say is going against Daniel Bryan. So you have to wonder what they're going to do with Bryan, uh, whether it's going to be kind of like Samoa Joe involved and try and go that way. Because Joe's a face has not been done in WWE yet either. And that might be quite a cool thing well, to do. Well, he started down. off in NXT yeah, as a yeah, well, kind yeah, of a face. face. Yeah, he turned heel on Balor, you're right. And yeah. then, yeah. But, you know, it is... But he's been grumpy Joe for too long, so it might be cool to see him, you know, just kicking ass and uh, taking names. But anyway, we're here on the NXT podcast. We talked about WWE for a while. And now we're going to finish it all up with the last, uh, well, with the fallout episode of NXT Takeover. And we're going to watch it down. When do we start NXT Update? Now! It's the 30th of January, episode 490. So, Mauro Ronaldo narrated recap of TakeOver Phoenix covers the three single title matches and the scene on the stage at the end of the broadcast. Then it's the standard open. North American champion Johnny Gagano and NXT champion Tomasi Ciampa holding up their titles in the new final image of that video package. First match, which is the Sky Pirates, Io Shirai and Kari Sane versus the two horsewomen, Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir. Oh, I cannot wait for this match. I've been waiting for a whole takeover for all the build-up to finally see the Sky Pirates get their hands on these MMA uh, green girls, as it was. They cost Kari Sane the NXT Women's Championship all the way back at takeover. It was a joke, and now they're going to have to. They're going to pay here tonight. And Jasmine Duke, and look at them! Look at them! Look an absolute mess. Not even in proper wrestling attire. I don't even know what they're thinking. One of them's got a face mask on because he got kicked in the face by Kari Sane. But I love Io Shai as well. Of course, my pick for the uh, May Young Classic. And I think he's going to be a real breakout star here in NXT. And Kari Sane, the Pirate Princess, one of the most entertaining things. And she cleared up at the NXT Year-End Awards as well, didn't she? She did, yeah. She got two. She got... Uh... Female of the year and superstar of the year. Yeah, and you know, when you talk about Alistair Black and Champa, Gagano could have got the award. It was Kari saying, so she should have a bright 2019. And Jess Carr's got to try and control this action now. She was in the, well, she was at the Royal Rumble. She got to raise the winner's hand. Nearly raised Charlotte's hand and then raised Becky's hand. (laughs) There we go. Jasmine Drupe, Marina Shafir. Going to have a little hug. 
And Shafir's in there with Io Shirai. Just takes her down. And Shirai lands on her feet. And look at that beautifully kicking away. They're going to take her to school here tonight. Handspring. Oh, seated dropkick. You can see the difference in talent. I mean, <laughs> you know, she's going for a close on. Io uh, Shirai's doing a double handspring backflip. And Shafir's just trying to stand straight. She tags in Jasmine Duke. He's got a little bit more height. But you can see they're going to do like exactly the same as Ronda Rousey and Shania Baszler do. You yeah, know, they're exactly, going to have the same, yeah. exactly the same style. Yeah. And look at Kari Sane getting in, wants to tag. And Jasmine Duke wants to test his strength. And he's just so tall. But that doesn't stop Sane for sending a chop. And she is over here with this crowd in Phoenix. And now grabs the arm. <laughs> and now Kari Sane going crazy with palm strikes. Duke comes back, but Sane gets back on top, slaps herself, and then goes back to work. <laughs> oh, and Duke now just grabbing the back of Kari Sane's head, slamming it into the mat. Oh, it's just so basic at the moment. I mean, the, are these really ready to be on the main roster? I don't think they are. They're not even ready NXT. to be on any roster. No, I, I think they still have to be in the performance centre, you know? The only reason, like I said, they're here is because of who they're friends with. Is Sane tries to roll up and a front face lock. She's going to try and... Give her best in this one. That's what I like about these two women. They're great talent, and they can put but on fantastic can, matches. But you, you know? can honestly see, and just because of their name, much like a McMahon, they're only only going to get a huge WrestleMania push or a pay per view main event push because they are two of the four horsewomen. Yeah. That is it. And you know, and you think it's depressing. Look, Kakari saying Neo Shiner double drop kicks to the Sky Pirates. So absolutely brilliant. They will never get a WrestleMania uh, a Survivor Series match against like Charlotte well, you've got a, or a Lynch. winner and a raw, and yeah, a exactly. runner up. Is it? Did she get runner up? Uh, yeah, Charlotte yeah, got a runner winner up. and a runner up of the May Young Classic. And the, the, the other two are going to be put in matches against. Lynch and Charlotte and these two talented women probably get lost on the main roster like they nearly did with Oscar and Io Shai's going to fly out of Jasmine Duke but Marina Shafir getting in her way on the apron and that gives Duke a chance to kick out the leg of Shai sends her on the apron and a basic kick to the side of the head I've said this all along about these four horse women and these MMA star women that have come in you know Brock Lesnar I think you can give him some credit where it's due because he kind of he has been through the WWE performance yeah, centre, you know, and yeah. you know he's capable of having good matches when he doesn't phone it in. But these women, they're just kind of jumping the gun too soon. Yeah. Look, that's the worst suplex I've ever seen in my life. Well, now trying to hook the leg. And not even flew. No, but this is the same. When you put them in uh, after no experience, it's going to be difficult. You know, Ronda Rousey's done well to make it as far as she's done it, you know, and I think Baz is the only one, because Baz has been wrestling now these past three or four years, to show any real talent, but her matches are very same as well. But yeah. at the moment, we've got Shafir picking Shai up on her shoulders, tags in Jasmine Duke, and then takes her down, a kick to the gut, and again, it's all we owe Shai, aggressive, but managing to kick out. Ah, uh-huh. double underhook, just sat there. She had a knee on her cheek for a little while. Well, it's definitely a work in progress, <laughs> but, you know... Is there something there? The crowd's definitely behind the two faces. I think this is what the match is all about right now. Teaching these girl, uh, teaching these women some experience. As Shai now looking to back up into the corner to tag Insane. And as she looks for the tag, oh, turns it round, does Duke. Nice underhook suplex, goes for the cover. But Shai again, shoulder up at two. Two. Now Duke just punching away at Eo. I think Jasmine Duke's got a little bit more about her than Marina Shafir. Shafir looked awful when she came in. But you can even see the Rousey effect is wearing well off. Did you hear how badly she got booed when she came out on Raw? Yeah, I mean, she, and she was kind of well. playing off. Ha, ha, but 
it was like you could see it was getting to her. Mm. And it's tough times now, and now we've got a dragon sleeper applied by Shafir, and they're going to try and use the moves they used back in MMA. Of course, like we said, one of these is impressive, but Shafir using the turnbuckle. Hitting like a slice of bread. And now she's got some separation. Can she tag in? Carvey Sane. And Shafir's got hold of Eo. Can't get to her. Now go back suplexer. But Eo lands on her feet. Tags in Kari Sane. Finally. He comes in. Come on now. Get up. It's all about getting up now for Marina Shafir. She gets knocked down. You need to get straight back up again. Back to your feet. The Miz is really good at this. And I'm not just saying it. But to get down, get up, get down, get up. You have to keep feeding the face. Come on. It takes it out of you as well. Marina Shafir, Irish rip reverse now. Oh, there we go, Comes Sane. with a huge spear. They are so talented. I really do like Kari Sane and Shia. You can see the speed, the quickness. They've got their character worked out well. And now we're going to see Sane, Sane stomping. Comes charging in. Oh. Bang with that huge elbow to the chest. And after the elbow, it's usually... Oh, wait a minute, Shia. Kind of drop kick to the head. Right on Jasmine Duke. And the Air Pirates... Well, Sky Pirate's going to take advantage of this now. Oh! Springboard insane elbow. Pop, well, pop up insane elbow. Shirai coming up, flying cross body. <laughs> and now Sane going up to the top. The fans want it. We want it. Boom. Bang! Insane elbow into Lovely. the free. And the Sky Pirates, Eo Shirai, Kari Sane, finally getting a bit of retribution against Jasmine Duke. And Marina Shafir. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was a very good match. And there is no reason why these two women should not be in contention for the tag team titles. Yeah. And, and this is the thing. It would make perfect sense for them to come up onto the main roster and to be involved in that way. But like you said, it shows how fucking talented Kari Sane and Io Shire are if they can pull out and entertain the match against Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir. And this is going to be interesting to see what happens in NXT. Can NXT have an NXT Tag Team Women's Division? I don't think so, but Shire and Sane have got a lot of potential as we move on. Uh, we get more detailed highlights of Gagano's victory over Ricochet, followed by Sarah Schreiber's full-out interview with Johnny Takeover. Percy Watson thanks Poppy for her song X, a takeover theme which is hard to set, but they try for the recap of Shane Baszler's women's title retaining over Bianca Belair. We see the EST's fallout chat with Shreba, including Bianca telling Mr. Sam to kiss her ass. We get highlights of War Raiders wins over the Undisputed Era, then Kathy Kelly's interview with new tag team champions Hanson and Rowe. Matt Riddle's submission strikes win over Cassie Sano gets the same treatment. Followed by Kathy's chat with an angry king of bros. Exclusive footage of the NXT starting with Tommaso Ciampa dissing Shreba and the NXT Male Competitor of the Year Award. We see a tweet from Paul Heyman shouting out Ciampa. And then get footage of a post-takeover brawl between Gagano, Ciampa and Adam Cole on one side and Ricochet, Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black on the other. And we see Shawn Michaels' announcement of halftime heat. And Percy hypes what a great weekend Garner had and tells us he'll be live at Full Sail on next week's episode. So we will bring you the rest, well, the fallout from this NXT update on the WNR in February, along with, of course, halftime heat. And next week, we've got a very special podcast extra. Wells Collide is going to be 205 Live versus NXT versus NXT UK. But we've still got one more match to go here, and it's the Forgotten Sons versus the Street Profits in our main event. Now, 
I've not seen a lot of Forgotten Sons. We've seen bits and pieces of them. But, I mean, it's a, it's a three-piece. We know the three-piece cycles. We've got Jackson Riker, um, Wesley Blake, and the other fella. Uh, and these guys kind of got to look the same as, I won't say sanity or any kind of group, but is it just mashed up again of, like, just take out the sanity fucking Wyatt family kind of get up and just be like, right, let's team these three guys up. Sanity, Wyatt family, S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah. It is... You know, I think because they've had a hit with a few teams, they keep repeating it. Yeah, it is good for heels because, you know, they've got that third man that can jump up on the apron and get a distraction to give their team the victory. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, this is um, what we're, we're, we're trying to see. Right now, if the Forgotten Sons can make it, we know about Street Profits. But, of course, I should say, members of um, the Forgotten Sons, you've got Jack- Jackson Riker, Steve Cutler, and Wesley Blake. And over with... You've got Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. Of course, the Street Profits are current involved tag team champions, but this match has started right now. Oh, my God, looks like Cutler's just been sent on Blake as Riker's looking on the ringside. And Dawkins sends him in. And here comes Montel's Ford tagged in. So is this the future of the NXT Tag Team Division we're going to see here now? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, Street Profits have been around for well over a year now. I mean, we haven't really seen them anywhere near the tag. Did they feud with Heavy Machinery or was that another team? They feuded with someone, didn't they? They might have done, actually. Yeah, I mean, the Street Profits really haven't been used properly on NXT and the Forgotten Sons now making their way, kind of been used. Again, probably been teaming up for a few months, but we've not really seen them. Is this a statement of intent? We've got the War Raiders as tag team champions now. Apart from the Undisputed Era, who else is there in a tag team division that, you know, could be challenging them? You know, maybe Lorcan and Birch. I was impressed by um, Eichner and uh, Marcel Barthel when we saw them. But are they again going to be in NXT or NXT UK? So it's going to be interesting. Well, do we need another Dusty Rose tag team classic to try and, uh, you know, bolster the NXT tag division I think that's what we need you know we definitely need something the, the tag team division probably at its weakest at the moment when you consider you know about the main event of North American championships the women's division you've got Kari saying you know Shai be alright but with NXT tag division it's going to be a bit weird but Ford just folded up there by Blake and let's not forget Wesley Blake is a former NXT tag team champion alongside my man Buddy Murphy so can he have success? He's already been there, done that in NXT. Can he be champion again? So what do you think of Blake then? We know you're a fan of Buddy Murphy. Is it because Buddy Murphy's on his own and not with Blake? Or was you a fan of the tag team? I didn't mind the tag team. And I think um, Blake's look back then was all right. I think he's kind of gone the Cassius Sono type of way of doing things. Whereas I think Murphy's kind of toned up a lot. I think Murphy's kind of got more of a star quality about him, but maybe like so some wrestlers are better off as tag teams, so maybe the Forgotten Sons will be a great tag team in a couple of years' time. We'll be like, oh, fucking hell, remember? Well, could it have been different? And um, Would your feelings have been different if it was the other way around? If, say, Wesley Blake had toned up and Buddy Murphy had put on a few pounds, would you be Wesley Blake's biggest fan? Well, the thing is, Wesley Blake could get down to that 205 limit, told there, but at the moment, he looks like he's well over it. So that's going to be difficult trying to get down. Forgotten Sons, look, put away Street Profits... And a powerbomb into a knee breaker and then a bat breaker. Oh my God, Cutler went for the cover, but it looks like Dawkins comes in and stops it. <laughs> and now Riker and Cutler and now Irish whip attempt go to clothesline. Cross bodied him over, not cross bodied him, dropped him over the top. And now Ford now is fighting with Cutler. 
Oh, he gets thrown out as well. Can he get the tag into Dawkins? Well, he's dead. It's Blake on that top rope trying to hit him with a splash. Ford again moves. And Dawkins, desperate for the tag, gets the hot tag in. Here comes Dawkins now. Close on to Cutler. Close on to Blake. Big right hands now. Picks him up, just sends him in. Now he's got the combinations in the corner. Blake's in all sorts of trouble. Oh, Cutler nearly went into him. Oh, Cutler gets drop kicked into him instead. Back, Back body, body drop. drop for him. And now picks him up. Snake eyes on that top turn, uh, on that top rope. Running Bulldog now. And I gotta say, Montez Ford uh, Angelo Dawkins been on fire, baby. Went for the back elbow. Oh my god! Ford there, absolutely beautiful, diving over the top. Double leg takedown, goes for the cover. Oh. oh! And Dawkins couldn't get the job in the ring. Somehow, Blake managing to kick out. Ah! Uh, Ford going flying, <laughs> that was absolutely brilliant. He must have been at least 10 foot in the air. At least 12 foot up. Splashes a bit of water in his face. See Chant, and now it looks like the Street Profits are going to finish the Forgotten Sons. Dawkins has got Blake on his shoulders. Here comes Ford. Oh, blockbuster from the shoulders. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. And Cutler in there to stop the count. And Dawkins throws him outside. And Ford's got a one. Jackson Raxler there just looking on quietly. And now Street Profits going to go for another double team move. No, Cutler pulls out Angelo Dawkins. Here comes Ford. Oh, he gets low bridged by Riker though. And just like that. Huge impact made. And I think Angelo Dawkins just realised with his titties hanging out. Yeah, I'm not sure about yeah. them uh, outfits that they're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and Dawkins stared at Riker and it might be on just like Donkey Kong. But is this a long enough of a uh, distraction? Oh, and you speak of distraction, yeah, perfectly. Blake comes flying, takes out Dawkins. The forgotten Sons using that to an advantage. And now Blake tags in Cutler. And he's got him in reverse DDT position. Oh, into Double the foot, foot stomp. stomp. One, two, three. Oh, my God. And Cutler and Blake, and the Forgotten Sons, get a victory over the Street Profits. Quite a shock there. Dan, what do you think of the match? It was quite an entertaining match. Again, you know, it's if there's three people on one top side and their heels, you know that the third person's always going to get involved. You know, either cause a distraction, low bridge someone, not necessarily touching them, but getting a bit of involvement in there to try and sway it. I think that needs to be changed in some way. You know, it does give the Forgotten Sons something to be remembered for. Yeah, exactly. And it's a huge uh, statement on NXT. We'll see what happens with the tag team division here. We've seen two great tag team matches, but that is it for NXT. So what are your final thoughts on TakeOver and the whole Rumble weekend, Dan? I think it has been a very enjoyable week for wrestling. There's only one downside to it. I think they should throw in a few more curveballs. Because, you know, with predictions, I don't think, between us, we predicted anything wrong. Throughout the whole weekend, which, you know, for two people to do, I think that is... Yeah, but we are awesome. So you've got to remember that as well. Well, you know, I know we're awesome. But, you know, to be able to do that, I think they should have thrown in some curveballs along some of the matches. I think the only thing we did get wrong is... uh, Nakamura and Rusev match. Yeah, that was the only one. But, uh, of course, if that hadn't happened, then Lynch would never won the Royal Rumble. So, yeah. you know, like the injury with Lana. 
Costa later on the night, so that, to make sure Becky Lynch could enter the Royal Rumble in itself, which I think is really clever storytelling if they meant it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I'd just like to say thank you, everybody, for listening throughout the entire weekend and just for forever, basically, as well, long as we started this podcast. Uh, it was our most successful weekend of all time, over 110,000 listens. Uh, quite incredible. We've done Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We'll be doing it over again. WrestleMania season. We'll be bringing you NXT and, of course, the Hall of Fame. This year, yeah, I mean, we've still got loads to come. And this is basically our uh, coming up in February. Well, Wednesday the 6th, we're going to release WNR 203. That's WWE versus WCW Part 1. Yeah, and that'll be looking at February 1999, seeing all the going downs then. On Sunday the 9th, the WNR Podcast Extra Wells Collide. It's going to be 205 Live versus NXT versus NXT UK. Wednesday the 13th, we're going to bring you WNR 203 Part 2. Two. WCW Super Bowl 1999. Yeah, fantastic pay-per-view. Well, I say that. Will it be a fantastic pay for you? We'll find out and let you know. And then Sunday, the 17th, is the WNR for February. The WNET review. We look at all the latest content, collections, NXT update, uh, 205 Live. And, of course, we're going to have the halftime heat match there as well. And Sunday, 24th, it is the Elimination Chamber. And so we're going to bring you, you know, all the matches, our coverage of that. And I'm sure there's a show and a kickoff and a whatever. Yeah, well, we know we've got two huge matches for the Chamber, haven't we? We've got already the smack, uh, the first ever Women's Tag Team Championships will be on the line inside the Chamber. And, of course, the WWE Championship as well with Daniel Bryan uh, defending on SmackDown. And, of course, like I said, there's going to be a few more matches announced for that in the meantime. But that's for February. And, of course, we'll bring you the March and April ones as we come up to that. But that's it for now. Like I say, thank you very much. Thank you for everyone who listened. Thank you for all the new followers. We had over new followers over the, the, the week as well, which is incredible. Uh, and just thank you very much for listening. But you can follow us on Twitter at WNET Review or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. Of course, all the Google platforms. Send us an email at WNETPodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Net Review Podcast. We've got all the clips on there. Podcasts go at the same time on YouTube to do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Spreaker Radio. We've got our live shows again live in April. Stitch Radio and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that is it. And like I say, we'll be back on Wednesday for WWE versus WCW for February 1999. But until then, I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.